Welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast. Never will you hear a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. I'm Ben Robinson. And I'm John Williams. You're going to enjoy today's show. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. We're talking Star Wars, part four. Hey, Ben. Yo, John. How are you? I'm doing well. Yay. So we are, uh, we're talking Star Wars today. We, after, after over a year of broadcasting, podcasting, we are finally getting to, uh, to a big gun here. It's been on our list since the beginning and, uh, boy, it's, it's not an easy one to just, you know, pick up and say, let's talk it like, like RoboCop or Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I got to tell you, I, this one's been, uh, it's been on our list of we have to do, and it's been a bit intimidating to me. Like, uh, oh man, this is one that. I have a lot of feelings about, and the rest of the world has a lot of feelings about, and it's just like, man, you got to get this one right. Yeah. So, uh, sorry for not doing that in advance, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think there really is a getting it right. If, uh, especially the new trilogy has, uh, told us anything so far in its yeah. first two installments. <laughs> Fucking George Lucas can't even get it right. Yeah. <laughs> so what chance do we have? Yeah. So in honor of, uh, the Skywalker saga coming to a quote unquote close at the end of this month. Um, we decided we are going to do a multi-part epic this month and we're going to talk all of the Star Warses. Um, this one is going to concentrate on the original trilogy primarily. Um, and then we're going to slide in an extra episode and make up for some lost time next week. We'll talk the prequel trilogy and then we will go and see Rise of Skywalker and immediately or the next day, um, talk about the new trilogy. Yeah. Now, we were supposed to have a guest on today, one of your buddies from Authors and Dragons, yeah? Yeah, yeah, but uh, he couldn't make it. Unfortunately, yeah, life gets in the way. Um, so we'll have to get him on for something else. I'm sure if he's on an Authors and Dragons podcast, he's got some feelings about some other geeky topics as well. I got, I got him pinned for Transformers. Oh, he's a huge Transformers fan. You know, you were telling me that you had somebody lined up for Transformers and I didn't realize it was the same guy. Yep. Okay. And so next week we are going to have a guest that is uh, an old coworker of mine who's uh, really big on Star Wars and he's been to Celebration a couple times. So he'll definitely have some cool insights. And then for the sequel trilogy, uh, you've got a guest lined up? Uh, Not yet, but I'm gonna. Oh, okay. I thought we had one. Nope, not yet. Wah, wah. Okay, we'll figure it out then. Um, so talking about the original trilogy here, um, just to get something out of the way, we, uh, we're not going to really do a play by play of the movies because that would take forever and And everybody's seen them. Yeah. It'd probably get kind of boring. Um, so we're rather going to talk about our experiences and thoughts and feelings. Um, but if you, uh, if you do want a really good, uh, reenactment of how, uh, you know, the story of how star Wars got made. There is a uh, a podcast by Epiclef Media called uh, Blockbuster. That's the story of uh, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg in their their early days with uh, with their early movies, and they do they do voice actor reenactments, and uh, the the soundtrack is really good. It's got uh, really good production value, and um, also if you want to see a good documentary, um, there's a documentary called Empire of Dreams. Um, it was originally like a bonus disc on a uh, 2004 release. 
I've heard that's good, but I have not seen it. It's so good. I found it used for like two bucks. It was just that disc on its own. And it is really great. It was a, it's a documentary by Ken Burns. So he's, he's a, I didn't know that. Yeah. He's a known name in there and it's a, it's on Disney plus right now as well. If you've got that. It's kind of weird that it has more than one word in the title. Oh yeah. 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 Cause Ken Burns, I was like, like, jazz, baseball. I I was like, all the star Wars movies have multiple (laughs) words. That's weird. Yeah. So go check those out. And, um, if you want to watch a play by play of the movies, go watch the movies and uh, make up your own mind. Yeah, it's a, a, a real-time play-by-play of what happens in the movie. Yeah, you can do your own audio commentary track. <laughs> Which, you know, so uh, we decided to go back and watch the original trilogy over the last week to prepare ourselves for it. Yeah, it was kind of cool. I don't know if I've ever actually sat down and watched them all, like, nearly back-to-back. Yeah. And uh, so it was kind of cool to have everything from each one fresh in my mind as we watch the next. And you notice a lot of little things that... uh there was a couple of things I hadn't noticed before. Yeah, yeah, which definitely. surprising because I've seen these movies a lot. It's true. I mean, it's it's just another one of those things that that uh, that we've talked about before, where it's been such a huge part of our childhood that you know you 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 can have it on in the background, and you won't sit there and stare at the screen for the entire two hours. Like I've seen this before, so I can check my phone. But yeah, there is a lot of crap that when you're actually paying attention, that you're like, holy shit! Like I didn't know that was there, and I've seen this, you know countless times since i was four years old well yeah and we we very literally grew up with star wars because we were born in 82 yep and you know jedi came out in 83 so star wars was still fairly big when we were little and uh it never really faded away like it was it was big and around and like they weren't producing a whole lot of new stuff but star wars was always a thing yeah and it was one of those things like uh like jurassic park it was such a big milestone in the early days of of those special effects and whatnot and it did such a good job that it just stuck as like the the pinnacle for a long time like there's been lots of dinosaur movies since then but the original jurassic park is still like the best dinosaur movie yeah it's the dinosaur movie yeah you want to start with where you first remember encountering star wars sure i mean i i personally don't have like one clear specific example. What I remember most was, you know, from a very early age, being at our buddy Preston's place where I watched more movies than anywhere else, I think, growing up. And they were they were a big Star Wars family, so it was always around there. And Preston was a Star Wars nut. Um, as far as I know, he still is. Like we've we've got a little little text thread with a couple of us about Mandalorian. Um but I remember watching Jedi more than anything. Like Return of the Jedi growing up was my jam you know it had the had the best special effects um in my opinion i don't i don't know if people would argue that but i mean fuck you you know we don't need to argue (laughs) about it um and you know luke skywalker was mr jedi man he you know you saw lightsabers swinging around so that that to me was the most exciting part about it because for me star wars was always all about uh jedi and lightsabers and there was there was plenty of that, you know, right from the start. You know, he he comes in and he's he's Mister Jedi guy. Which, um, you know, we we went and watched uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi back to back last night, and I realized something that that I hadn't before. That you know, going into this, the Jedi were always around. It was always my favorite uh, aspect of it, but I didn't realize the importance of the beginning of Return of the Jedi because I'd seen it more than any other ones. But like in the previous two movies, 
Luke is not a Jedi at all. Like he he barely learns shit and like manages to survive a lightsaber duel. But like so I I never realized the importance of when he shows up in Jedi and he's choking Gamorrean guards like Darth Vader and he's using Jedi mind tricks and he's got this whole big action plan like that was that was a brand new Luke Skywalker for the people who had been watching the movies thus far. Yeah, he wasn't that whiny little farm boy anymore. Yeah. And it it was really cool to to see it through those eyes last night. Because to me, Luke was Luke was always it. Like he was he's the fucking man. And that's kind of weird because I I kind of came away with a little bit of a different impression after watching him on. He I think he's not as powerful as my brain had comported over the years. Yeah. Cuz uh you know, he, he, he's often described in general now as the kind of the pinnacle of Jedi dumb and stuff is what he his image kind of was. Yeah. And like the Emperor and Darth Vader would would kind of treat him like he was going to be that thing yeah. if they could get him. Absolutely. And uh, like he didn't use a whole lot of force stuff. Like, I mean, he did he did do the mind trick and he choked out the Gamorreans. Yeah. And he got his lightsaber and he lifted 3PO up and he did some jumps. That's about it. Like, yeah, like, I mean, like he he wasn't like a super space wizard. He was uh, like a much better swordsman. Yeah, like, he'd definitely been training and stuff. But like, it kind of struck me a little bit that he didn't seem nearly as powerful as as my brain had kind of made him out to be. Now, what what would you want to see to for for him to be that powerful? Because because the things you just described, like that, seems about like what they can do barring you know all the new all the new stuff that was introduced in in the last jedi yeah i I don't i don't know he just didn't seem to even he just didn't use it that much like he walks in and uses a little bit and then uh like he's not throwing stuff at vader when they're fighting or like it just there just wasn't that much there seemed to be less force usage than my brain had put into it for some reason and maybe it's also after having seen the uh, the prequels with tons of Jedi running around that yeah. that were just like, oh, this guy isn't doing much. I mean, I do. I, I will grant you that at the end of Jedi, when when, uh, you know, the Emperor's zapping him and shit, he is he does kind of make himself a sacrificial lamb in that scene. Well, yeah. And, and on the, I mean, the whole section on when he's on Endor, like, you know, on the speeders and stuff. Oh yeah. Shove one of those guys into a tree. Yeah. He barely, like that. He barely does anything with it. Like, I mean, you could have just handled that. Yeah, that is true. (laughs) It would have been so easy. I don't know. Um, now what about you? What was your, uh, what's your, what's your early first impression? It is kind of hard for me as well because I'm thinking about it. It's like when, you know, what's your first impression of peanut butter? Like, I know peanut butter's always been around. Like McDonald's. Yeah. Like it's just been there. But I do remember, um, and it might have even been before I saw the movies. I'm not entirely sure when I was really little. My mom getting me at a garage sale a Bib Fortuna action figure, <laughs> with like a scraped up face, because I'd seen, you know, I'd seen the toys and I'd seen all the commercials for the toys. Because especially with Jedi, they they made a ton of toys. Yeah, they made action figures for freaking everybody. And I and I, like thinking back on my action figure collection when we were watching Jedi last night, it was like, oh. At least 80% of my toy collection came from Jedi. I had a Grimorian. I had Bib Fortuna. I had the weird wrinkled face executioner guy on the uh, skiff. Yeah, the stringy ponytail. Yeah, that guy. Doesn't have a line. Barely in the movie. They made an action figure. Yeah. You know, I had uh, I had Emperor Palpatine and his the, the Red Guard guys. And uh, 
Yeah, so I had, a, I had the Rancor, which was awesome. Yeah, you had a big-ass Rancor. Yeah. I remember it sat on your dresser right next to your laser tag helmet. Yep, I still have the laser tag helmet. Yeah, it's right above me right now. Yeah, I can't remember what happened to my Rancor. Uh, I sold all the other ones like two years ago. Oh, they, shit, you had them for a while. Yeah, they were just sitting in a box, and I was like, eh, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not doing much with these anymore, so I, I sold them off. But uh, Rancor wasn't there, and that's the one I would have kept because that thing was badass. That's interesting. I did that a couple years ago with a bunch of Masters of the Universe figures, and the vehicles that I had had disappeared. So what what happens to our giant action yeah. figures? Big ones. Imagine those would be the easiest to keep track of. Yeah. Pixar, make a movie about that. But that was that's like my first real memory of it was wanting the toys and getting them and playing with the toys. And I, I'm sure I saw the movies sometime by the time I was four or five. Yeah. Maybe six at the absolute latest. But I like there's just... My memory of that point in my life is pretty thin, and uh, I just always remember there being Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And I I remember that Bib Fortuna figure, and it was yeah. such such a random figure to have because it's you know it's just that little Dewanawanga, you know. I know that guy's name. They never say his name. Oh yeah, interesting. Most of these guys, they all have names, and they never say any of them. Like one of my favorite things about. Star Wars. I think one of the things that really hooks me is the universe mm-hmm. and how fleshed out it is and how real it seems like George Lucas did a great job world building. There's all these different races. There's, you know, different things going, factions, different characters. And there is lore, whether it's, you know, legends now. Yeah. Blah, yeah. Blah, 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 or um, actual canon, you know, from thir- from from either novels or comics or cartoons or all the other stuff that's out there in the giant universe, but like literally every single person in like the cantina on Mos Eisley has a name. Yeah. Like, it's not like this is this alien. It's this is this guy. And here's his backstory. He he's, he's with this other person and they're there because of this. And like, holy shit. It's so deep. Yeah. And when we're kids, we just call it like wolf man and like butt chin and like pig face. Yeah. Cause that's, that's all you knew them. That's all you needed to know him by. Yeah. But it is so much deeper if you want to go digging for it. Yeah. That's the thing that kind of keeps me coming back to Star Wars is that I really like the universe and the the sandbox that has been created. Yeah. Okay. So starting with uh with episode four, later dubbed A New Hope, you know, before it was just the Star Wars, right? That was it or was it just it was Star just, Wars? Yeah, Star Wars. Yeah. Um, because they certainly did not have any uh any inclination that they were going to be making like 27 of them. Well, I, I think George Lucas wanted to make more and he had ideas for more, but he was realistic in thinking that, you know, let's make this a complete movie such that if there isn't more, it still works. And that's the kind of the angle they went with it. And, and uh, it worked. Yeah. He had, he had enough trouble finding funding for, uh, for this first one anyway. Like nobody wanted to make this movie. Nobody wanted to pour a large budget into a science fiction movie like that that just it didn't happen back then when did 2001 come out uh i think it was late 60s like 68 69 they put, they put a good bit of money into that yeah but that i mean and that died down by the time well that that was much different than i mean because if if you're if you're saying okay we've got this uh this book that has all sorts of you know, unlocking the secrets of mankind and all this deep existentialism and shit. And you got Kubrick to get on board to direct it. Like that's different than, than a guy saying like, I want to do a flash Gordon inspired swashbuckling adventure in space, you know, high budget. 
You know, people, they didn't believe in it as much. Like, and George Lucas was also an unproven entity. Yeah, that's at, true. At that point, at least, you know, he'd, he'd made, what, he, did he do a fucking American graffiti before this? I think he did. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I think that was like his first or second flick. And, and he it, had that. And, and it did not have space opera written on it at all. No. <laughs> so... Um, so in a new hope, you know, we get, we get introduced to our, our trio of, uh, of characters, the, uh, the Luke, you know, the, the dreamer farm boy hero, the everyman. Yes. Uh, who stares dreamily at, at two setting suns, man, that's a great scene. We've got cinnamon Bunhead, princess Leia, and we've got the rogue Han Solo. When you got, uh, Vader. Yes, we do. He's like the first character you get introduced to. Like he, he busts into the counselor's ship, whatever they <laughs> called it. And uh, yeah, he just busts in and starts kicking ass. And like you tell like this guy is clearly the main villain and he's clearly a threat. You know what? With, with that ship there, like normally I would say like, leave us alone nerds. But if you want to let us know <laughs> what the name of this ship is, please email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. Please email us with any corrections. I, oh, I want to read few. all of these. Because I, I, like, I like Star Wars. I've been a Star Wars fan for a long time, but I'm not like a turbo Star Wars geek where I know like each class of cruiser. Yeah. I mean, like, no, that's the Mon Calamari ship from 3400, what is it, BBY? Yeah. Before the Battle of Yavin. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's the Star Wars timeline. You got BBY and ABY. Oh, well, that. So. yeah, you, you're, you're a bigger turbo nerd with this than I am. Shit. I, I just look for the shapes of the ships. I'm like, okay, that looks like a Y wing. That looks like an X. That's an A. There's okay. the big bubbly car- ca- carrier. <laughs> that's the Mon Calamari ship, by the way. Yeah, you, you called it out last night and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Admiral Akbar's race, right? That's kind of funny that it would have a seafood. Uh, yeah. Totally type uh, type name. That's one other thing I noticed yesterday that I that I'd never really keyed into before is how um, humanocentric both the rebellion and the empire are until Jedi. Oh yeah, like the empire is pretty much strictly humans. Yeah, like they're British humans, purely British people. Yeah, with the exception of Vader. Yeah, true story. Until they pull off his mask in Jedi, then he inexplicably has <laughs> a British accent. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, a general cinema thing. Anyone that's foreign is, use a British accent. Yeah, it's true. So, you know. Ancient Romans, British. Yeah. Russians, British. <laughs> like, what the hell? But yeah, the Empire is purely humans. The, and the rebellion, for the by and large, like I was trying to think of it last night on my way home. I was like, all right, in A New Hope, were there any alien races other than Chewbacca hanging around in the rebellion? And then I thought about Empire, and I was like, man, I'm trying to think of any that were hanging around then, either. Yeah, it's usually just humans and droids. And then all of a sudden in Jedi, there's a whole load of them. Yeah, you got your your Admiral Akbar. you've got that that weird... Like, gill-faced dude yeah. that's flying with Lando. Yeah, I don't know what he's called either. But uh, yeah, you, you've, you've definitely got a smattering of alien races now, and it's like, okay, so apparently... And, and it was, it's kind of confusing to me, because there are so many different species... Yeah. Like you just look at the can between the cantina and Jabba's palace, both of which are on one planet, kind of on the outside edge of the, the empire in the main galaxy. And there's got to be 20, maybe 25 different species. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Tatooine is just like the San Francisco of the galaxy. 
where there's just there's just a big cultural mix there. Yeah, but you know, apparently the other species aren't don't have too many gripes with this all human empire. Yeah, it just seems weird to me. Yeah, I mean, I get it from like a budgetary costuming perspective. <laughs> is you know, dressing people up as people is much easier than dressing them up as some wacky alien. Yeah, that'd be funny too to see like stormtroopers that that are aliens. So they you know because right now they're all uniform size and shape. But uh, but it'd be interesting if if there was like a Wookiee stormtrooper, just this giant stormtrooper with like hair coming out. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the the only time that I could think of where there was aliens on like the an imperial vessel was the bounty hunter scene. Yeah, in uh, Empire, where you know, and the guys like oh, filthy. What are we doing with these filthy bounty hunters? And I don't know if it's because they were bounty hunters or because they weren't humans. Yeah, I mean, they're Empire, they're assholes. So either one fits. One other thing I noticed, like I've watched a lot of videos on YouTube where people like picking apart, especially the newer movies, kind of like, oh, look at this inconsistency and this inconsistency. And oh, here's a plot hole and this doesn't really make sense. Um, And I've seen a good number of videos like people like talking about like the battle tactics and stuff of certain different battles. And it's like, man, rewatching these movies, it's full of stuff like that (laughs) right from the get go. There's all kinds of little things. I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Like what? Uh, just weird little things like like Obi Wan when he sees Vader calls him Darth, like that's not his first name. That's like a title. He'd be like, <laughs> do you better watch it, Mister? <laughs> 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 like he should call him Vader, but it just wasn't quite there. And people mispronouncing other people's names. Like uh, there's one of the captains that says Leah instead of Leia. Lando can't say Han. Yeah, Han. Says Han. <laughs> just, just little little things like that. That if they were in a movie now. You know, fanboys would be flipping out, but like the movie is full of stuff like that. Inconsistent lightsaber colors and Yeah. Well let's talk uh talk that that old chap that that shows up in uh in a new hope. So we've got we've got our Obi Wan Kenobi. What do you think of Mr. Old Space Wizard? Uh you know, he came off he's uh a, a reckless, subversive, dangerous man. <laughs> like, man, he is he's just like he's like, Oh, young Luke, uh you know. Screw your aunt and uncle. Come be a space wizard with me. Yeah. And and, and he's like, oh, I got to go save them. And then he's like, yeah. And he gets back. He's like, yes, of course they're dead. You're lucky you're not. Yeah, duh. Let's go be space wizards. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the, who, what the fuck is this guy doing? Did, didn't he learn his lesson with Anakin? Oh, and I meant to look it up. The whole, you know, Yoda was his master thing. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. And you think you mentioned like maybe... Yoda finished his training after Qui-Gon Jinn got killed. Yeah, because Obi-Wan does say that, they uh, tells Luke that Yoda was the one who trained him. Yeah, and I wonder, they must have, they have to address that in the prequels. It's been a long time since I've seen them. I'm going to watch them soon. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, It's going to be a fun week. Yeah, but uh, I don't, it, it, they must address that somewhere in there because it's, it's pretty glaring. Yeah. Yeah, you would think that, that George Lucas with all of his everything has to be perfect would have caught that but yeah you know the speaking of uh of obi-wan being uh being subversive i i love this little meme that i've found before uh it says star wars the story of an orphan boy who becomes radicalized after a military strike kills his family he is indoctrinated into an ancient religion joins a (laughs) band of rebel insurgents and carries out a terrorist attack killing three hundred thousand people government workers (laughs) So I guess, yeah, from, from there, Obi-Wan and, and Luke go and meet our pal Han Solo and Chewie. Um, Chewbacca is his big furry friend. He becomes a central cast member. 
See, I I don't know. Is it fair to say that the three of them are the main characters? Because like I feel like like that's what I think of. But then I'm like, well, Chewie's been there every single step of the way too. Who uh, the uh, Obi Wan? No, uh, uh, Luke, Luke, Leia, and Han. I mean, I think they are pretty main characters. I don't know if I'd yeah calling Chewbacca a secondary character. Even even R two D two and C three PO are really prominent. Yeah, like sometimes more prominent than. They need to be, especially C-3PO. Yeah, I mean, they essentially <laughs> were like our lead into the story in the first one. Yeah, they've got a pretty good, there's a, a pretty large cast of, of primary characters. It's, there is not like a single main character. Yeah. Though there is definitely, at least in A New Hope and pretty much Empire, one main villain. Yes. Like there is one bad guy. And yeah. then in Jedi, you get Palpatine get thrown in for the, to the mix. Yeah. But there is just a smattering of main characters and protagonists. Now, what's your take on because we have to cover this in the uh, in the cantina with that great, fantastic classic song by the cantina band, which I know oh, they have yes. a name, but I don't know what it is. We've got that little encounter with our uh, reptile, fishy face, spike head friend Greedo and Han Solo. What do you think about uh, about Han shooting first? That's what he did. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it makes sense for his character he's you know the guy's got a gun to him too it's not like he's shooting someone for no fucking reason yeah Greedo's literally got a gun pointed at him and, and comes over and says Haha, I'm gonna kill you to collect the bounty yeah he tells him he's yeah, going to I, kill him I'm here to kill you I caught you yeah that's the idea he like, says it's, it's not yeah it's not like he's some you know it's not like he comes over and he's like oh han i haven't seen you in a while blah blah, blah. And, and you know and he suspects he's going to do something and kills him yeah, like he's saving it's pure and simple self-defense perfectly sensible thing to do and kind of frames his character up appropriately i think yeah like he's he's kind of a little bit of a devil may care smuggler living on kind of the gray fringes of morality yeah, he's he's certainly had to kill a few people yeah. in his time. Yeah, well, and they do. They kill a ton of people in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no shortage of people getting killed. Well, yeah, I mean like outside of wars even. Like, you know, he's 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 essentially I mean, yeah, he's a smuggler. He's going to have to kill somebody at some point to get himself out of a jam. What I heard from George Lucas was that he like kind of like wanted him to be more of like a John Wayne type cowboy and not like a Clint Eastwood type cowboy. Boo. And uh, Clint Eastwood for life. Yeah, I just disagree with that entirely. I don't think he is, a, especially doesn't start the movie as a John Wayne type cowboy. He's not a white hat wearing, always got to do the good thing, chivalrous guy. Yeah. And he, nothing he does in that movie makes you think he is. Or or even the second movie for the most part. Yeah, it, like he, he redeems himself at the end by coming back. You can't redeem yourself if you were already a knight, a knight you know, a, yeah. a paladin. There's no redemption there. You need to come back or or do the right thing, even though it's against your base nature to do so. And so I think it's important that he shoots first. Yeah. It, maybe Greedo's just the most incompetent bounty hunter out there. I don't know. Because when he shoots first, like, first of all, he comes over and he's like, hey, I got you. Now I'm going to kill you and collect the bounty. And then he takes a shot and, like, misses by 12 inches. And gets shot. You mean in the special edition? Yeah, yeah. When yeah. they change it with that weird head jerk. Well, the head jerk, so bizarre. Head jerk didn't come around till 2011. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. They just had him miss. He shoots like 
way to the side of his head. And then in 2011, they moved it, the shot over and had him do his little head jerk thing. Oh, shit. And then in the new one, yep. the, or the, the the one they just uh, the released came out for on Disney+, Disney Plus. Plus, is like, I guess, I guess it was like a special, special, special edition. I don't know. Had some additional edits in it where now he clunkies his way through it. He adds a couple words at the end of it, and they've they've changed the timing of the shots again. It's like, why are you guys still fiddle fucking yeah. with this scene that nobody was happy with you screwing with in the first place? McClunky. Oh, I love I love how it's just <laughs> permeated the culture. Like, I bet most people haven't watched the movie on Disney Plus and seen that for themselves. Like, like it's just become an internet sensation. I, I really hope that like. Jump the shark gets replaced with McClunkied. Oh, they McClunkied like, that they shit. They McClunkied the hell out of that. I mean, yeah, that that would have to be that would have to be like like fucking with something to the nth degree is you McClunkied it. It's a good word for that too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna look for an opportunity to use that. That whole movie and the special edition just really chapped my hide. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. So in the late '90s, George Lucas went through and put some. New CGI graphics into there, added some characters, um, re-released them into the movie theaters. I remember seeing A New Hope in the theaters, and, like, I thought that the shit, like, when when, when there's, like, a desert scene and they added some, like, sand troopers and I don't... Uh, some stuff moving in the background that was yeah, just still before. That's not too bad. But. Yeah, they added, like, a weird, like, dinosaur-looking thing, like, in, in Moss Eisley, like, <sighs> rearing up and, and, and a Jawa falling off. Yeah, I, I went and saw, I ditched school. Me and Kyle ditched school that day to go watch Star Wars in the theater on opening day because we were so excited about it. <laughs> we're like, screw this. It's coming out on a Thursday. We are leaving and going to watch that movie. <laughs> and uh, I remember walking out of there like, what What? What just happened? Like, what was all this? What, what, like, why did they turn this into a carnival like what is going on yeah it was i think i wasn't mad it was just like why yeah why did you add rings around the explosions does that do you think that makes it better why did you do this why did you do any of this i remember the first time i saw it actually appreciating the uh the um the x-wing battle in the end because you know so, some of the uh some of the special effects there like it looked kind of clunky, not not McClunky, and I appreciated it back then. Nowadays, I think my mind has changed, but at least they still kept them kind of slow, and it wasn't like like all you know, like space battles these days, where where a camera is like whipping all around and going upside down and twisting around the ship and shit. And it's like it wasn't all Michael Bade. Yeah, like you can't practically film that, so it looks fake. Well, and we're, some of them were they just kind of retouched them and made them look better, but they also did some just wholesale replacements. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I liked those less. But yeah, the the ring around the explosion, a little unnecessary. Um, so while we're talking about ships, I'm curious. I'd like to I'd like to pick your brain on what powers these ships. What creates thrust? Because they don't have like jet engines. I mean, that wouldn't matter much in space. Like after a while, not not for that kind of movement. But it's just sort it, things just sort of light up. Yeah, and yeah. they move. They got their. I don't like. Maybe it's like an ion engine or something. Like that sounds right. That that's what I would say, but I don't actually know. What I ion bet there. This is Star Wars. There's an actual answer to this question. Oh man, I guarantee it. I don't know what it is. Write us, nerds. But I do know there is an answer somewhere. But I don't. Might yeah, some sort of ion drive or something. Those are usually fairly slow. But I mean, they got faster than light travel and all kinds of stuff. So they've got they got stuff figured out. Yeah. 
it's it's one of those things. It's practically magic. Yeah, yeah. You don't. We wouldn't see, understand it. Yeah, you don't see anyone stopping for fuel either. So whatever they're is fueling them, you know, they've got enough of it on board. Well, do, to they, make it they for a while. it looks like they fuel up the X wings when they're uh, when they're in the bases. Yeah, they're putting something. They've got in hoses there. and shit in there. I, th- I think that's just kind of their contemporary. They also make jet noises. Oh yeah, and they they fly on you know places with atmosphere. Whatever it is, I'm not it may, you know maybe it's like a gravity field or something because. They can fly, you know, there's shots of like capital ships almost, you know, being way too close or, or in atmosphere. There's just no way you could fly a capital ship in atmosphere unless you had some sort of control over gravity. Yeah. Well, I guess while we're talking about uh, the um, special editions here. Yeah. I got a little bit of a surprise for you. Oh, shit. What's that? I've got a ranking list. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's always hard for me to pick my favorites of things. So I went a little easier this time and... Uh, it's my it's a bottom five <laughs> least favorites. <laughs> my five least favorite uh, changes that they made in the special editions. Oh, good! Our curmudgeonly ways have created a ranking list for you. This yeah, is great. yeah. I can't I can't tell you what I like, but boy, can I tell you what I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> we are nerds! Hooray! I even put it in order. All right, what do we got? So my uh, number five on my list of the of the of the worst offenses George committed at least in the original trilogy, uh, is Vader's no at the end of Jedi. <laughs> no! Like, I'm not even sure what he's knowing that dramatically. The fact that the Emperor is killing his son. Yeah, but it's just so, I don't know. It's, just, it's unnecessary. All yeah. of these <laughs> could be encapsulated as just freaking unnecessary. It was fine before. Yeah. But it's fifth on my list, so it's not, not too bad. Uh, four is uh, replacing... Hayden Christensen in for Anakin at the end. Mm-hmm. Mostly because, like, why is he young? Everyone else is the same age they are when they died. Yeah, like, it would make sense if they replaced Obi-Wan with Ewan McGregor. Yeah, and Yoda with, like, a not-old-looking Yoda with a staff. Like, no, but they didn't do that. It just, it, it didn't need to happen. Because, sure, if Hayden Christensen got a whole bunch older, why wouldn't he look like... Stefan something or whatever that guy's name was. I don't know. Was it not David Prowse that played him with the uh, with the mask off? Did they get another it was, guy? It was not. Yeah, they, yeah. Oh, wow. It's a third Vader person. Weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe George Lucas didn't think David Prowse looked enough like what he thought Vader would look like. Maybe he wouldn't <laughs> shave his head. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not not round and chunky looking enough. Yeah. Boy, that guy looked round and soft and chunky it was weird he looked like uncle fester yeah (laughs) so yeah again unnecessary uh number three which we touched on is just cgi reshoots of perfectly good models for no reason and you know ringed explosions and just adding things in where the original models and things looked fine there were some definite bad model shots that needed a little bit of touch up and work Especially where they, you know, um, like some of the stop motion animations interacted with actual people. Yeah. And stuff like, that. like some of that could use a little bit of work cleaning and some, it up. Some, I get some it. bad blue screens. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that wouldn't be bad, but they just kind of wholesale changed things that I, I don't think made them any better. I'm sure there's lots of people that do think it made it better, but uh, I'm not one of them. Yeah. And then the big two for me. Mm-hmm. Number two, Jedi Rocks. Do you know what that is? Is it in Empire when they're lifting rocks? No. Oh. 
It's when they go back to Jabba's place and they reshot the entire like dance sequence. Oh fuck! It's yes, Jedi, I know what you at, mean. Yeah, it's in Jedi at Jabba's palace where they reshot the. They put a new song in and a new dance with the CGI weird, creepy, long mouth, red lipped yeah, lady hankering for a hunk of cheese. Lady, <laughs> <laughs> she does look like that guy. <laughs> you know, it reshot like that scene was like twice as long. The song was objectively shittier. Yeah, completely replaced a bunch of stuff for no reason. It wasn't just like, this wasn't necessary. This made the film worse. Yeah. Why did you do this? It was very nice watching it last night on the uh, despecialized edition, where it was just, it was the original song and the original stuff. Mm -hmm. That was cool. And what's your number one? My number one is the entirety of Mos Eisley, that entire chunk of the movie. They fucked with it so much, and it drives me nuts. The whole Mos Eisley section is what upset me the most when I went and saw it in the theaters, because they like add those Rontos walking around for no reason. And, 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 it, oh, and you get is like, that a, what they are? yeah, you get like a taste of, and you get some of it in Jedi too, of, you know, George Lucas realizing how many toys he can sell. And so he's got to put some more stuff in there that appeals to the kids. Yeah. You know, it's got like the, the Rontos when they're driving by and like the Jawas like falling off. He's like, yeah. and, you know, like, why do you need to do that? Houdini. And they replaced, like, there, there was an R2 unit that, like, went in front of their speeder right before they get stopped by the stormtroopers, and they replaced it with, like, a super close-up of, like, a Ronto going by where it just covers the entire screen for a second. Yeah. And then in the cantina, they replaced some of the some of the aliens in there with new aliens for some reason. Like, the the wolf-faced guy, I think he was, like, a devil de for something. I don't remember what the species is called. But where he's drinking the cup, and he's like, yeah. growling, and his eyes are glowing. Yeah, they replaced him with some other dude. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Nobody does except Lucas. No. Yeah. So they replace some of the aliens and then they make Greedo shoot first. And then they insert this garbage CGI version of Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Have you seen the uh, seen it without the CGI Jabba the Hutt? Like what that guy looked like? Yeah. The guy. Yeah. It looks like he's like dressed like a old English king or something. Yeah. Like something a Shakespearean a, yeah, character. Something out of Beowulf or some shit. <laughs> I thought it was better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like digitally making Han go up and have a Jabba make a stupid face like he stepped on his tail. Yeah. Whoa. Like, really? This, this like intergalactic gangster is going to put up with some whelp stepping on his fucking tail. Some whelp who owes him money, I might add. Yeah. Like, it was just, it, yeah, it was just dumb. And I didn't like it. Woo. So. Bitch Fest 2019. Yeah. Uh. So let's talk about something good. Well, um, you touched on it real <laughs> quick. Um, I was going to bring it up later, but now is appropriate. Uh, what we did was we watched, you You said, the uh, the Despecialized Edition. So you can go online. You can find them. You can download them. What this is, uh, it's uh, Harmy's Despecialized Edition. Um, a huge community of, of Star Wars fans have come together to pull from all the, the most high-quality sources they could to put together a a basically a remaster of the original unaltered uh, cuts of the movie. That for me is everything because I, I, I just, I, I never cared for the specialized edition or I mean the special editions that came out. And I remember going back a few years. I, I talked about this in the sequel episode when I, uh, when I went back and actually became a star Wars fan, you know, watched the original movies with the intent of trying to figure out why people think they're great because I, I took it for granted and I just didn't get it. Um, I went back and watched, um, on these these uh, double disc 
releases from I don't know early mid two thousands. They had a second disc that had the original movie, no restoration, no nothing. So it was still it was pretty low quality, but it was the original cuts, and I fucking loved it. So when when I heard about this despecialized edition, I I wanted to get my hands on it and uh and watch it that way to you know have a higher quality version of the movie I want to see because Disney and I mean well Lucas before Disney and now Disney apparently will not restore and release the original trilogy as you know the the theatrical cut uh high quality yeah you cannot get a, uh, an official dvd version of the original issue of the movie yeah and it is uh it is annoying yeah and if you want to find that double disc version you have, you have to pay like 30 bucks a pop for it and i don't care quite that much yeah and and technically i, I think the leg- legally you can download and watch the original one as long as you own a copy of the original trilogy yeah i believe which i do on vhs i don't have a vcr but <laughs> i still have the like the three cassette box set yeah i remember when those thx remasters came out on vhs in like the mid 90s yeah that was that was great I, I did own those um yeah one final note on uh the special editions is there are there were a couple changes that I think were okay. I mean, there was some minor ones that I don't give a shit about. You know, I don't know why they're going around changing one line of dialogue here or there, or you know, somebody's voice slightly. I, I don't think it's meaningful, uh, but it doesn't bother me necessarily. But there were two that I kind of liked that, um, I, like when I watched A New Hope on the D Specialized version, I was kind of disappointed they took back out. And they were like the couple extra scenes with Biggs that kind of further flesh out Luke and Biggs' relationship. Yeah. He's mentioned like four times in the very beginning of the movie. And uh, and then you don't see him again until the very end when it's kind of mentioned in passing. But it's like Luke doesn't, like they seems like they were good friends on Tatooine. And then he goes through all this stuff and then doesn't really even acknowledge him. And then kind of seems upset when he dies. And, uh, and I thought bringing those couple, just like little five minute scenes back in where they're kind of chatting like, Oh, what's up Biggs? I haven't seen you in a long time. Something like that. I don't remember the actual words, but was, uh, was, was good. I think that, I think that did help the movie. And so, you know, I, I could have seen those getting put back in. Yeah. And then the, uh, changing the Palpatine hologram in empire, because I always thought he looked really dumb. And so making him consistent with what he actually looked like in Jedi didn't bother me. I, th- I thought that was fine. Yeah. Though they changed a bunch of his dialogue too. So yeah. <laughs> you went down that rabbit hole, uh, kind of, kind of hard. You're like, Oh, let's, let's look at, uh, let, let's watch, uh, all the, all the discrepancies. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. Like I was, I, you know, eating a sandwich, had to burn some time before the podcast. <laughs> Why not check it out? Yeah. So they weren't all bad. No, just the vast majority of them. All right. So jumping back to, uh, to a new hope real quick. So one thing that I love in Star Wars, and I think I've already mentioned it, is Jedi and lightsabers. Like that that is my favorite part of Star Wars. But in a, in a New Hope, we only really get one lightsaber battle, and that's at the very end with Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. And am I incorrect in saying that it was a bit lackluster? This <laughs> entirely lackluster. It was like two guys in a retirement home fighting with broomsticks. Yeah. They're just sort of whacking back and forth a little bit. <laughs> There's no choreography in it whatsoever. The lightsaber battles get better with every one of them. Yeah. 
the Luke and Vader fight in Empire is better for sure. There's like jumping and action and things getting sliced and falling over and shit getting thrown at Luke. His hand gets cut off. Uh, and then Jedi uh, has the best lightsaber fight of the series in it. Yeah. You know, hands down. Of the original even, trilogy. Yeah of the, yeah, of the original trilogy. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, still not super like, you know, it's not like Kung Fu movie choreographed. Yeah. That was something I noticed last night more more than I had before. Like, I, you know, watching the two back to back literally um, was, you know, the 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 faster pace and the aggression and like the 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 quicker moves that they, you know, it, it was a lot better in Return of the Jedi. Like I I always kind of kind of saw the the original trilogy, like after seeing the prequels and all their all their fancy flippy do's and spins and stuff. I saw the the old ones as a little a little lackluster. Or if you think about, you know, like other movies with sword fights like Princess Bride, you know, like that. Yeah. Can you imagine seeing that with lightsabers? Like that's fucking wild. Or, or like any Kung Fu movie like yeah. where, where the fighting is front and center. They're just the this movie the or, you know, especially the original trilogy, the fighting is not really the central point of the plot. Yeah. They're it's actors. A, it's a thing that happens. And yeah, it is what it is. And you know, the lightsaber is a little inconsistent sometimes. Like I noticed like sometimes it would hit the railing and not do anything. And then other times it would cut through Vader's hand and the railing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they pretty much are fighting with broomsticks. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they got to plan out each one of those. That's not what it was made for. And that wasn't the point of the movie. Though, uh, you know, the prequels did give us some pretty cool fight scenes. Yeah. I know people explain it away online, and I'm not sh- sure I remember what the explanations are, but do you remember why Chewie didn't get a medal at the end of that movie? No, I have no idea. Like, he comes up on he comes up and everything, and he's like standing there, and they're like, you know, we'll give these guys a medal, but none for you, Wookiee. It's because they're because Princess Cinnamon Bunhead is a fucking racist. Yeah, so yeah I mean, the rebellion was pretty much, like, we only have human-sized medals. It, it it looks like he got a good grooming, you know. He got he got a good shampoo and a, and a brush, and you know, three uh, PO got 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 all shiny. They took care of him. Maybe they sent him home to uh to Mala and and itchy and lumpy for for life day. Um. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh, so we're ready to go there. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> after uh, after the destruction of the Death Star and medals were given, then we uh, then we move on to uh, Empire Strikes Back, which is arguably because i will argue uh the best of the series but how do you feel about that oh you really um oh yeah yeah. you were here for the sequels episode yeah yeah no i i i like empire a lot like after rewatching them i think i i think it is it's tough for me because they all have their different strengths but i think empire is my favorite yeah i think uh a New Hope, as far as like a standalone movie, like if you're going to watch one movie and not the other ones, it'd be A New Hope because it is a complete story yep. on its own. Uh, Empire, I think, is my favorite um, all-around movie. And then Jedi has my favorite, some of my favorite parts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, But I think I'd have to go with Empire being my favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah. It's got uh, the character dynamic is well set. Um, everyone is like prime versions of their character, with the exception of Luke, who is who is going th- in the middle of the journey to become who he's going to be. Well, that was one thing I really 
appreciated last night when we were watching it that I've never appreciated before. Like the actual journey of Luke. Like I, I, I'd seen it before and I, I'd always just look at it like, what the fuck is he even doing? Like, what's his training? He's running around with Yoda on his back and lifting some rocks. Like, big fucking deal. How does how does that turn him into a badass? But it actually it actually made sense to me last night. Like, I I liked how on Hoth, you know, you already saw the development of of Luke's character. Like in the beginning with that battle, like he's he's already like straight up Batman. Like he's he's shooting down guys. He gets out of his snowspeeder after he gets shot down, and then he like grapples up to yeah. up to the up to a imperial walker and like slices it open and throws in the the grenade like he takes down a fucking walker all by himself you're like oh wow like luke luke is is a badass you know even though he's not a jedi like he is developing into the hero yeah absolutely he he's still a little whiny yeah but he's not a selfish kid anymore yeah like yeah. he's he's become he's become a man he's working towards a greater good he cares about his friends and he's willing to to endanger himself to um, keep them from harm. You know, he is definitely developing into a hero, even though he's not, you know, this isn't even his final form. <laughs> and like, uh, you know, Han Solo is even more obnoxious in this one than he was in the first. But you can see he's developed a good relationship because, I mean, he's like, you know, he's like, I'm out of here. And then, then it's like, well, Luke's not back. And he's like, oh, fuck. And so he goes out and risks his life to save Luke. Yeah. And then uh, the version of Leia in this movie is my favorite version of Leia. I agree. I I had never noticed it before last night because she is she's a straight badass. Yeah, she is. Uh, I mean, she's there. She's taking command of the rebels on there. She's looking out for her people. She's making sure they all get evacuated and hanging out. And, you know, she's she's ready to go down with the ship if she has to. She she's like the last one out. She's not like you know get everyone out of here do this this all right evacuation orders is everyone getting out all right now i'm gonna leave that was exactly my note that that, that i was gonna say about Le- Le- uh, leia like she she like all of a sudden like in the last one yeah she's she's already part of the rebel alliance and but you know she's still a princess and she gets captured you know she's very much the damsel in distress in the first one but yeah this one opens and she is straight in command yeah. When even in the first one, she she's uh she's a pretty tough take no shit, you know, she's talking shit with Vader. Yeah. You know, so she she's still pretty ballsy in the first one, but she is definitely uh in peril. Yeah. You know, she she's the one where when they open up the cell to rescue her, she's sitting there, you know, like laying out like a model, you know, like it it was the filmmakers that did her a disservice that is in the first one. Definitely movie. George Lucas. <laughs> the whole uh, you know, there's no underwear in space line. <laughs> I guess she wanted to wear a bra and he's like, Wait, well, you can't. There's no underwear in space. Yeah, there's no space undies. <laughs> so she went the entire time without a bra and her like boobs taped to her chest. Oh jeez. <laughs> The other thing in Empire is that she is solid in the not taking shit from Han Solo camp. Yeah. So yeah, Han Solo's being a scruffy looking nerf herder and she's not putting up with it. She's rebuffing all of his advances and, you know, she slowly warms up to him as the, as the movie goes on. But, uh. Well, shit, she straight up loves him at the end and he knows it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's freaking Han Solo. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I'd sleep with him. <laughs> I bet you would. <laughs> See what's weird is when I when I was younger, being such a uh, such a Luke Skywalker kid, you know, and like Luke Skywalker is very much like the Captain America or the Leonardo or the Cyclops of this group, you know. Whereas oh, Han yeah. Solo's the Wolverine. Yep. I was I was always the, a fan of the good guy. So like 
you know, even before the whole sister thing, even though I get, I guess I was exposed to it just as early as ever, but I was like, fucking Han Solo getting the girl. Like Luke's the hero. He should be getting the girl. That mf Yeah, I guess so. But it would uh, be pretty weird. I do have to say that that there there was a scene on the uh, on the Millennium Falcon when they're inside that creature, and Leia's like trying to fix something, and Han comes in to to lay on the the juice. Oh and yeah, that shit was pretty cringeworthy. Like that was tough to watch. Like I mean, Lucas hasn't won any uh, any awards for his dialogue. Although I guess the dialogue would be would be up to Kasdan and and Brackett. That especially not when it comes to uh, romantic situations. Yeah, like that that scene was tough. Yeah, uh, less tough than some of the stuff in the prequels, though. It's true. Yeah, yeah and that, that is all is Lucas. Awkward as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll get to that next time. Yes, but yeah, the. Uh, but yeah, they, they've they've totally in Empire come together as you know a team, and they are friends, and there's a reason for them to be traveling together. You know, because at the until the end of A New Hope, they're all kind of in it for their own reasons. Yeah, yeah, and and that's fair. And when Empire comes around, they've kind of they've bonded and they've become you know the 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 core group that they're going to be. Yeah, they give a shit about each other. Like Chewie even seems to care a lot about three PO. Like he seems yeah. really concerned. The 3PO is getting blown to pieces. Which personally, if I if I were Chewie in Empire, I wouldn't because 3PO in this movie is fucking annoying. He's like annoying he's in all of the yes, movies. I know he is, but <laughs> Glog damn it, like in this movie, he is fucking insufferable every time he opens his fucking mouth. And it made me so angry last night. And then I was thinking about it, I was like, is there a single part of this movie? where 3PO needed to be there. Like, he was essential to A New Hope. He's essential at least to a scene they could have written around it, but in uh, in Jedi, when when they're with the Ewoks. But, like, there is nothing that happens in Empire that requires 3PO to be a part of it. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Yep. Like, even even when he gets blown up and Chewie goes and picks, like, that doesn't serve the story at all, except to just maybe show that there's somebody lurking behind the scenes. You wouldn't need that anyway. No, you could totally cut that out. Yeah, like when Chewie finds him and he comes back to him, and they're like, well, what's going on? They didn't even seem that concerned. Like Chewie was definitely more concerned than everybody else was. Yeah. I like how Lando's like, is something wrong with your droid? And they're like, no, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're enjoying the quiet. That was such a, uh, a great back and forth between Lando and Han. Like it, it was fun seeing a... A foil for Han that was uh, that was you know the same kind of person he was just maybe a little better you know charming Leia definitely and, more charming yeah yeah and just laying it on thick like it was it was fun seeing Han be um, a little a little outmatched or at least matched at the things he does because Luke isn't doing that like they did have that have a little bit of that that rivalry when Leia kisses him earlier and Luke looks all smug afterwards but that was all to spite Han. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like it wasn't Luke's doing. Whereas Lando is a legitimate threat. Yeah, yeah. Not only is he charming and all that, like, he seems to be a successful businessman. Yeah. Like, he's got a he's got a he's quite a nice operation going on here. He's a, he, he is a definitely a better catch. And if you're not watching, he's going to fuck your girlfriend. Oh, yeah. He might have already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I did notice that, uh, I think I made a comment, that Billy D. Williams, definitely, he runs like an elegant woman. 
in that movie. Too. Yeah, he's got a little slightly pigeon-toed prance to him. Yeah, yeah, he's, it was very, uh, it was interesting. It's it's like halfway between a a run and like a uh, like a tiptoeing dance step. Yeah, it was very like I said, it's very elegant looking. Yeah, and very I, graceful. <laughs> I haven't read the articles, but I've seen headlines that Billy D. Williams recently um, described himself as gender fluid. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, good for him. Yeah. Um, I, I still see him as the, uh, what, what was it? Colt 45. Yeah. Works every time. Like that is a smooth motherfucker. Oh yeah. Um, even though I'm, I'm too young for that ad campaign, but I've certainly gone back and watched some of those. Oh, wow. he, he was solid casting for Lando. Yes, absolutely. Now something else I would love to touch on is Dagobah. Fuck yeah. So the first thing that stands out to me, actually, uh, this this aspect of it the, that I'll, we'll talk more about with Dagobah actually uh, stood out to me with Hoth as well. The sets, like yeah. the sets in this so movie good. are so good. Um, the the Hoth base, and then on Dagobah, like nowadays, you just you know you'd you'd have some little swampy ground, and then have a big green screen behind people. But like that that was a big ass swamp set. That was built and it was real. Yeah, I was looking at it like it looked like it was probably an indoor set. Like they didn't, they could have like gone to a swamp and filmed some stuff. But like you're looking at it, like no, they didn't. This they built every bit of this. This does not look like, you know, a Louisiana swamp that they went to. This looks like a manufactured alien swamp with reptiles. And it does look alien, even though even though it is a swamp. Like like like, you know, we have swamps. Like the plants don't look quite right. Um, I mean, all the snakes and iguanas look the same. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, uh, there, there was one lizard that I, that I noticed as being like an earth lizard, but I'm definitely not the uh, reptilophile that you are. Oh yeah, yeah, they had a, a few boas and some iguanas and uh, one monitor. Yeah, the monitor that was the one. Yeah, but I, I, I fucking, I really appreciate those sets because you know, as I've spoken of with shooting ships, you know, CGI versus the original ones, like it looks real because it is real. Like yeah, that that is my motto. He gets out of an actual X-wing. Yeah, like you can't fly it in space, but it's a full-scale model X-wing. Yeah, and that's freaking rad. And Yoda is a bitchin' puppet. Yep, that he was going to be my next step. So cool. Mm-hmm. He's got like teeth and everything. Creepy little teeth. <laughs> yeah, and the, we were we were watching it with uh, with my kid last night. And she didn't notice the teeth at first. In fact, I didn't even the first couple scenes. But then all of a sudden there was one scene where she and I noticed at the exact same time. She was just like, he's got teeth. Like she was creeped out by it. Uh, I, I think that's one of the other reasons why Empire is my favorite, because Yoda is awesome. It has the most Yoda and he's in prime Yoda. He's such a freaking ham. He's like digging through his stuff and trying to eat his food and stealing his flashlight. Okay. So that was something I made a note of last night. Like what in the last 30 years turned Yoda from like Sonic the Hedgehog, calm Jedi master, badass into insane, kooky grandpa fucking weirdo. I don't know. I think that's what Yoda should have been like in the first place. They portrayed him in like the prequels as as so much more of a self-serious, very deep thinker, profound guy than he acted in the original trilogy and i and i don't know why maybe that's the flavor that was left in people by the end of the original trilogy or something and they ran with it or yeah yeah because he's definitely less goofy in jedi 
Yeah, well, he's dying. Yeah. He's, like, literally about to die. Like, I, I, it just makes me wonder if, like... He still has some cutting words for Luke, though. Like, he's still not, true. you know, he's not, uh, he's, you know, he's like, so I'm a Jedi. He's like, you're not a Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> like... Grow the fuck up. I'm like, go, no, go you didn't complete. Yeah, you, yeah, you didn't complete your training. You ran off. You're not a Jedi yet. You might be, you know, you're... Your training is complete because I'm the only other Jedi and I'm dying. That's why your training's complete, sucker. Yeah. Not because you're a Jedi. <laughs> it, it makes me wonder if like Yoda's race, like they live like 870 years and then they just like age rapidly and decline and go, go crazy and die. Insane. Yeah. Because yeah. he's 900 years old when he dies and that's like 30, 35 years after, you know, the, the, the prequels when he was totally on top of shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I would have rather seen him to be a bit more of a jovial character yeah. in the prequels than he was. Yeah. Just, just a little kooky. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, you know, that's the way he was. And I like, I really like that, you know, he's like grabbing the flashlight and hitting R2 in the face. Yeah. It was a <laughs> lot of fun to, to watch that. And his, I, you know, growing up, Empire was definitely my least favorite. Probably still, yeah, it's definitely still is. But you know, I watched it less than all the others, so I'm I'm no I'm nowhere near as familiar with uh with all the Dagobah stuff from that movie as I am with uh with like Jedi or or with anything else in the in the rest of the trilogy. So it was fun watching that. Well, here's another question for you, and I bet there's a can like an actual canonical thing for this. But watching the movie, how long do you think he was on Dagobah? I mean, judging by by what was going on in the meantime with the other people, three days. Yeah. See, and, uh, I was I was kind of assuming probably more like three months. Well, it seems like he should be there that long, but it doesn't seem like everybody else was doing something for that long. Oh no, I think they absolutely were. Really? Yeah. I mean, what, what are you talking about? Like uh, like Han and Chewie and Leia. Yeah, they're traveling between star systems in a ship without hyperdrive. I, 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 three months is like a low minimum. It might be more like a year. See, it, it just it, it didn't play like that to me. Like I I didn't see that passage of time. No, and I don't think it was very. I, yeah, I don't think it might it be in the execution. Yeah, but I but I'm pretty sure the you know the thought that you know he was there for three days training and then he leaves is uh i think a lot of people have that impression and i don't think he that he was oh yeah it's absurd but it would it would make the uh the training in the last jedi make a little more sense they're like you know what you don't actually have to be in jedi school from childhood to be a great jedi you just you just got to hang out with the right person for a few days yeah oh no here we go i just looked it up 18 months (laughs) yeah right which which also explains why the empire could beat them there fairly easily because they're I mean traveling through space especially they mentioned it's a long distance at subluminal speeds takes fucking for eighteen months is optimistic you could barely get to Pluto in eighteen months with like current technology <laughs> so that's you know space is fucking big I think we've mentioned that before yeah I w- I wonder if 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 they thought about like where are the food rations in the Millennium Falcon to to feed three people for a year and a half? Well, I mean, I don't think they were flying straight through. There was probably some stops at space stations. Like you could probably fill an entire movie with the en- adventure that they had on the Millennium Falcon, traveling at s- subluminal speeds from one system to another with Boba Fett in t- you know in pursuit. That's what we need is a uh, is a is a road trip movie. 
with Han, Leia, and Chewie. Yes. Well, and by the end of it, she's much more smitten with him. He had 18 months to uh, to work that relationship. Man, they they might have like like dated for a little space dated for for six months and then broke up and then got back together who knows maybe that's when kylo ren was conceived <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that might make jedi a little awkward she's pregnant through the whole thing well she wasn't drinking and smoking or anything yeah. so not not in the movie at just least. getting shot in the arm yeah fly, flying off speeder I don't know. kylo ren came out a little weird <laughs> yeah, maybe so yeah. he might have taken a couple of uh fetal blows to the head yeah but uh, but yeah, so 18 months. The movie does not make it clear that it's that long of time. So it makes it seem like Luke just like becomes a Jedi, half Jedi super quick. And he's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. He just swings from a couple of vines and lifts some rocks and gets some some good some good advice from Yoda. Climbs, climbs down in a cave and faces his greatest fear. Yeah. And I, when I was a kid, I don't think I got that it was his face under Vader's mask. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't until I was an adult that I understood that because it, the... I guess it kind of looks like him, but you know, it's definitely like a wax head. So, you know, it's that, that's interesting. I, I, um, that just struck me. I remember, I do remember the first time I saw that scene over at Preston's place and in the moment, like it, it didn't register at first, but then somebody that was there was like, it's his own face. Like, I do remember that. And, and, uh, the kid was asking if it was a robot and we're like, yep, definitely just cut a robot's head off. Yep. He, he, he cut a head off. One of the other things I thought while watching uh, Empire specifically was uh, how much fun it would have been to have worked on that movie making models and props. Yeah. Because they've just they've got so many cool models and props and sets. Like, God, it would have been fun making little Star Destroyer models and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it would, I, I, would, I would really like to do something like that. It would be a blast. Well, and with, I mean... It's it's not the it's not the fault of the models or anything, but one thing that I walked away from Empire, like the when I watched the the original trilogy a few years back, and and it was cemented last night. Like I would argue that the the special effects and the the ship effects are the worst in this one in the whole trilogy. Like ju- just the 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 green or the blue screening, I guess it would have been back then. I don't know if they were doing green screen yet. It was it was blue because that's why that's why R two D two is black in all oh, the yeah, that's space right. scenes because when they filmed it, they tried to film it in blue, and you know his head would turn into space. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just the the compositing, especially on on like there, there's a few scenes with Tie Fighters where it just looked really not great at all. Like more like Last Starfighter than than Star Wars. It 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 didn't it didn't look real and that that was yeah. what that was what new hope and especially jedi sold to me was you know it looked it looked real yeah i think by jedi they'd kind of work some of the special effects kinks out yeah yeah i, I didn't mention earlier i love how the far future has just the absolute worst computer displays <laughs> i'm honestly surprised he didn't update those oh in, no in kidding the release. that he that he left like the targeting computer the weird little atari looking green lines and didn't make it like something more realistic for what they were doing there yeah they've got like they've got hologram communication but yeah. they've but they've got atari screens for yeah, their targeting still got one color vector graphics for all of their displays like what the hell are you guys doing um now in this movie we got we got a vader with a shinier helmet oh man well yeah that's one thing watching the despecialized version because they they did you know it is touched up film to a degree i think they like they pulled a lot of it from the special edition yeah you know, because they'd done a lot of work on color correction and stuff. 
Yeah, as much as they could. Anything that I, I imagine they they started with the base of whatever did not have altered shit from George Lucas, they pulled from that. Like in A New Hope, when you know you get a good close up of Vader's mask, and it's a little rough. Like it, like you could, it's just it's got little imperfections. Like you could tell someone molded it. Little scratchy scratch without a huge amount of you know without a giant budget. Like it is, it looks more like a prop. And uh, same thing, I noticed it in a few other places too, where like the stuff looks like it's it looks like a prop. It doesn't look real. And then by the time you get to Empire, he definitely got a new helmet and it is finely polished. Yeah. It is super shiny and uh, it is a much nicer mold. Capping off Empire, uh, spoiler alert, Darth Vader is Luke's father. Oh, man. (laughs) Which uh, apparently the people working the movie didn't even know that. It was only revealed to uh, Mark Hamill. Really? Yeah, like apparently uh the the first oh shit, what it was. Okay, uh geeks write us. But I I read it somewhere once that like what what uh Prouse is actually saying in that scene is not I am your father. Really? So they like rewrote his dialogue so that Luke's responses made sense without giving anything away? No, I think Mark Hamill knew it, so he was reacting to that, but like in the actual script yeah, because he, he never says, like, no, you're not my father. Yeah. He's yeah, just like, no, it? It's, it can't be true or something like that. Yeah, we, 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 can, we can find it. But, but, but yeah, like, that, that was, that, nobody knew that that was the it's big like, reveal. Bruce is like, I have cake. He's like, no. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> it's it's not impossible. <laughs> it's chocolate. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> no. Uh. Well, uh, that, head, that, head cannon. That's what he said for me now. I don't want to know any different. <laughs> and just to touch on the specialized edition, that's another thing to go with your no that they got rid of or, you know, that that sucked about the, the specialized edition when he flings himself off of that. He's like, ah! oh, yeah. Um, OK, uh, we're pretty deep in this. How about a little break? Sounds good to me. All right. We'll be right back. Rebo's got the beat and the band plays on. You can relive it all with Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. Introducing Size Noodles and the Rebo Band. Jabba the Hutt action playset sold separately. Play it again, Size. Starring Size Noodles, Droopy McCool on clarinet, Max Rebo on organ. Rebo. Dance, Droopy. It's your last solo, Snoodles. Use Size Noodles and the Rebo Band. Jabba the Hutt action playset sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection. All right. Welcome back, Ben. Hey, hey, hey. Um, so let's uh let's move on to my personal favorite growing up. Uh the old Revenge of the Jedi, later uh changed to Return of the Jedi. Yeah, Jedi's don't get revenge, they're above that. Yeah, they're nice guys. Like we talked about before, you know, it opens up with more badass Luke Skywalker. Um, something that I noticed as with Empire was a noticeable jump in the quality of the uh the costumes and the sets like that that opening scene on the on the death star when uh vader's talking to the guy and there's all those people lined up that is a huge fucking set and it looks great yeah yeah like that set i think was actually that big yeah like it's not a matte painting there are i did notice there are a lot more matte paintings in that oh yeah then i then at least i'd noticed previously maybe i just didn't notice them like the uh like when they're leaving to go down to Endor, the like the Mon Calamari ships a matte painting, and like when Lando and Han are talking about, you know, like don't get a scratch on my ship. 
It's, oh. it's a matte painting the whole freaking time. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, they, they were definitely composited onto that. And I think they had a full model of the freaking Millennium Falcon unless they like scrapped it or something because they were standing on top of the damn thing in the movie before that. You know, it didn't stand out to me as a matte painting as much as just obvious blue screen or green screen, whatever screen compositing of those characters onto that. Yeah, 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 with a matte painted background. Well, no, I'm, or, I, I guess just a painted background. Well, it, yeah, it just it just didn't stand out to me as painted. Like I thought there was still movement in the background. I, they I, did they did put some people moving around, kind of behind the Falcon, but the Falcon is definitely a painting. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. like it, it was good. It was a good painting. It just is. It, <laughs> it just kind of struck me that like they didn't put the actual one right there. Like they have an yeah. actual one. Yeah, maybe it was a it was a reshoot <laughs> or a pickup. And they just didn't have that whole set. So they're like, all right, well, let's just use this that we had in a different scene. Yeah. Yeah, perhaps. Um, And like Jabba's Palace. Oh, man, I love Jabba's Palace so much. Between that and the final battle are two of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars. Okay, so that's what you were talking about earlier when you were talking about favorites. Like Jedi has some of your favorite stuff, like elements. The, The whole Jabba the Hutt portion of the movie is fantastic yeah i absolutely love it it's like an extended like cold open adventure where where you know because empire left oh shit we didn't even talk about it han getting frozen in carbonite you know so so like han's in jabba's palace frozen in carbonite fucking luke's missing a hand you know the the empire struck back and and you know it's like hey let's bring everyone together again so there's this big like fucking oceans 11 scheme where everybody's involved in this shit which if you if you analyze it it probably doesn't make much sense it's like like a joker plot where it's like there's a lot of shit that has to oh yeah well, go go like uh, like impossibly right for this to work we all know george lucas was a huge fan of of pulp fiction and pulp <laughs> novels and stuff and uh this is no exception to that yeah this is solid pulp but it's awesome. Yeah. So I'm a, I don't care. It's such a cool fucking adventure that that results in all of our favorites being back together again. Yeah. And and really kick ass action. Like it's 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 yeah, it is it is one of the better scenes of the series. Yeah. At, you know, when they're out at the Sarlacc pit, they kill probably 300 people. <laughs> I think they killed the shit out of everybody. Yeah. Fuck them. Some of those people were probably slaves and didn't really deserve it. <laughs> well they're they're free now <laughs> suckers and, and and boba fett's inglorious death oh yeah oh man accidentally killed his i guess fame or prominence in star wars i think definitely grew out of the extended universe yeah because in the movie he doesn't do much he's got a pretty big part in empire yeah he he follows them for 18 months apparently yeah well yeah, and he, he's around he's the guy that transports on back to Jabba, and he does a few things here and there. But he doesn't uh, do shit. He, he's 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 basically a lackey, and then he's hanging out with Jabba. He's kind of like you know. And then they when the in the special edition they inserted him into that CGI Jabba scene. So instead of being like a world famous bounty hunter, he kind of looks like he's just Jabba's bitch. <laughs> but uh, he he looked really cool. Yeah, I think that's that's what he really had going for him. The creators of the Mandalorian show claim he's not going to show up at all. I, I I imagine they can't not do it eventually. Like if that show keeps going, like eventually that is something that's going to have to happen. There there is 
there is one one character who's got very similar colors to uh to boba fett is it it, it time wise is it happening contemporaneously i don't know what the, i haven't seen the mandalorian yet because i haven't paid for disney plus because i'm a chump yeah you are uh mandalorian takes place five years after jedi okay so boba fett's dead well, so how's he going to show up again? In the in the extended universe, which which is now Legends, yeah, they scrapped that. Yes, but I mean, there there are elements they've pulled out. So just because yeah. it existed once and no longer existed doesn't mean it can't exist again. So yeah, I guess they could do that. Yeah, and and I mean, I don't know with the popularity of the Mandalorian, yeah, I, I would be shocked if they didn't. Well, per the per the prequels, he's not even a Mandalorian. It's true. So. I guess it'd be kind of funny if he popped up and uh, the main dude in Mandalorian was like poser and shot him <laughs> or hit him in the back and he flew up in the air and fell into something that killed him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you actually saw the death and didn't just hear a burp. <laughs> and they just call him a poser. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. Yeah. I, I could dig that. Now, that is something that's cool about the series is seeing other Mandalorians as well. That is where I'm at with Star Wars right now, personally, is that, I, like I said, I love the universe and um, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, we'll get into this more later. I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of done with the Skywalker saga. I, like, I get it. It's kind of been done. Uh, like, I want to see what else is going on in this huge, extensive universe with all these different aliens. And there's it's so big and there's so much going on. What else is happening? There's got to be some more interesting stories somewhere else. Nope. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> the, the rest is boring. This is um, the only cool thing going on. There's lots of aliens, but all they do is go and work in an office and then come back and uh, love their families. It's really dull. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then real quick while we're while we're talking, or before we go away from Jabba's Palace, that Jabba puppet. Yeah. I wish so bad I could be on that set and seeing people operating it and shit, because that thing is so awesome and like when we were watching it you know high quality last night like seeing all the all the skin textures and the snot and drool and shit his tongue coming out like you know somebody's hands in that tongue oh that tongue it it even creeped the kid out that was great now something with like even though i don't think it's supposed to have been a large jump in time between uh between the two movies six months is han solo is is noticeably older and thicker like he looks more like adult man Indiana Jones than he does, you know, like young brash Han Solo. Well, he's been on the carbonite diet, man. It's it's terrible <laughs> for you. Well, how'd it make him? Wait, how'd it make him bigger then? He's been in like retaining water. He hasn't been oh, able to yeah. piss in six months. That makes sense. You know, uh, so he, you know, he he could probably work it off after he gets out. He hasn't done any exercise. Yeah. By the way, I looked it up. It took seven people to run job at the hut. Awesome. Yeah. That's the cool thing about like the old movie, like things, everything was done by people. Like when you see something spin or something get pulled, like there's somebody like behind the wall moving shit around, you know, because they couldn't just animate it. Oh, something is, is neat about that to me. It just moves right. Well, even something like, like seeing a door open, you know, like those automatic doors. Oh, that are like, yeah, that they clearly opened much slower and then sped up in A New Hope. (laughs) Oh, geez. Yeah. (laughs) Like, all right, stand there for 30 seconds while we open this door and then we're going to speed it up and make it look fast. It's heavy. Yeah. Uh, But like when you, when you watch movies these days and you can see that it's like a CGI door shutting, it's like, just build a fucking door and have somebody push it. Yeah. Just do it. Take that much time. You can only see on one side of the door. Yeah. So why not? 
we're of the generation that's going to complain about that till we die. And everyone younger than us isn't going to give a shit. Oh, yeah. They don't get it at all. Yeah. They don't care. I'm wondering if our parents or grandparents would watch like Jurassic Park and be like, that looks stupid, you know, because they're used to like Harryhausen stop motion animation, which looked so real when they were a kid. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. But they're wrong. And so are the so are the, the younger generations. Uh, Harryhausen stuff still pretty cool. It's fun to watch, but it doesn't, doesn't look realistic. No, it's very. Yeah, it, it looks like it is. Yeah. Now, one thing I never noticed growing up. So weirdly enough, I came out of this experience last night appreciating Empire more and appreciating jedi less like one thing I, I i didn't i didn't notice before is just just how much non-star warsing there is like the uh, fucking endor takes <sighs> for like so much of that movie was shot in the california redwoods they could have uh, the ewoks could have been completely excised from that movie and it would have been better well and, in every respect there's no, they contributed nothing good other than seeing weird like the costumes were really cool like yeah. they, they looked neat and i like how they could like they kept sticking their tongue out the little weird mouth hole <laughs> but uh other than looking kind of cool it was just such a time sink in that movie and it's not better because of it well i think we've talked about this and i think you know this but but like originally george lucas wanted that to be wookies oh like they're on kashik yeah and it it uh it wasn't i don't know if it just wasn't cute enough if, if he wanted to to appeal to children more man he or what, really but, liked wookies didn't he yeah he essentially just cut a wookie in half and called it an ewok that's yeah, wookie backwards <laughs> well kind of not exactly no <laughs> i guess it's not it's, e-cow yeah, it's it's an anagram of yes. one way you could spell wookie yeah <laughs> So, yeah, like imagining that as Wookiees and all those fucking devices and shit they have, that would have been so badass. Yeah, but yeah, a bunch more bowcasters and shit. It would have been cool. Yeah. So one thing we find out in this movie is that, oh, shit, Leia is Luke's sister. Yep. Yeah, it was kind of like foreshadowed in Empire when Yoda said there is another. There is another. Now, from earlier drafts of the script, Darth Vader was not Luke's dad. That was something that was created in the process of making Empire Strikes Back. And from what I've read, originally in early drafts, they, the, uh, Leia was not going to be his sister, and they were going to introduce a new character who was his sister. But they changed that and made Leia his sister. I mean, it worked. Yeah, yeah, why not? Um, but makes that kiss just a little awkward, but not, not super awkward. He, they didn't make out in Empire. Yeah, there wasn't any heavy petting or anything. It was yeah. just a, a smooch on the lips. Yeah, it was, it was an extended kiss. Yeah. A um, little inappropriate. The, the, one odd thing, like, I've, I've heard a bunch of people complaining. One of, the thing, one of their complaints about the new movie is that, like, Leia's not a Jedi. When, when did she do Jedi training? You know, but it's like, it's very clear at the end of Jedi that... Uh, she has the same power that he does and has, you know, and should become a Jedi essentially. Yeah. So why wouldn't Luke now Luke's probably not in a great position to train anybody, but he can give her, some, you know, he can give her some training. Yeah. At least enough to marry Poppins through space. Yeah, exactly. And it's, uh, I don't know. It's just like, why is that hard to believe? She's a Skywalker and she palled around with a Jedi. She, he, I imagine he would teach her a trick or two. Yeah. She'd pick something up. Yeah. If not a lot, pick something up with her mind. Yeah. But uh, one more time, fuck Ewoks. I just, I, I can't, <laughs> I, I can't emphasize that enough. 
they're stupid in battle, throwing rocks at stormtroopers and being completely ineffective in combat other than cannon fodder. Well, yeah, that was something that, that stood out to me when, when watching when we were when they had like the slings and they're throwing rocks at it. It's like those guys are wearing armor. And unless those rocks are like physically busting through those helmets and braining those stormtroopers, they're not getting hurt by that. They're, they're falling over. Yeah, they're getting right back up and yeah. then shooting you yeah. with a laser. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. But, you know, if Wookiees were doing that, I would believe it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, they'll literally rip your arms off. Yeah. Ewoks aren't going to rip your arm off. No. They will eat you, though, if, uh, if they catch you. Yeah, apparently they, yeah, they will eat human flesh. That's a thing they're into. <laughs> and then play drums on your, uh, on your helmet. Because it might as well have been skulls. Yeah. It was, the, it was the friendly version of Predator. And I don't remember having noticed it, and it didn't sound like you noticed it either, but uh, Chewie's rendition of a Tarzan yell oh, when geez. he swings onto the, uh, the chicken walker. I, I've never noticed that before, and that was uh, absurd. It was egregious. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, it, did, did it, it made me feel gross. Like, it made me feel like it was something that Lucas would have added afterwards. I'm hoping he had the good sense to remove that in the special edition. <laughs> and I just didn't notice it then either. He probably just made it sound more like Tarzan. Just, he just cut it out and replaced it with the actual Tarzan. <laughs> yeah. <hell. laughs> the reason that Jedi's not my favorite is the all the garbage on Endor. This like the speeder chase, really cool. Yeah. Like the speeder chase was Loved rad. that as a kid. Um. Not, you know, not sure why Luke's not just knocking these guys off with the force or like, you know, grabbing them or grabbing their speeder and having them just fly, keep flying forward or. They would do that these days with, with, with modern, with, with the idea of what Jedi are in film in, in modern times. Yeah. Even just like shoving them to the right. So they run into a tree while he's up next to him. I mean, some, it seems like it would have been fairly easy for him to do, but I get it. It was a cool scene anyway, so I'm not going to fault him for it. Yeah. But then everything after they encounter the Ewoks is uh, hot garbage. Yeah. Yeah. It was not good. Well, everything on Endor, yeah. It, it's just really campy. It, it, is, it, is the, it is the insight as to what you are to find when George Lucas gets around to doing the prequels. <laughs> it, they, are, they are primordial Jar Jar Binks. They're for some comedic effect and being silly and cute. And uh, I don't know. I just It kind of ruins the movie enough for me that I'm not. That, I, that it just did, it can't be my favorite, even though I'd like it to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was my favorite growing up, but I think these days I would have to give it to A New Hope. A New Hope, solid too. That's, that's yeah. definitely, I think, one of my runners up because it is a solid movie. Like it's got a beginning, a middle, an end. It's got character growth. It tells a whole story. Like or one of the downsides to Empire is that it doesn't really have an ending. No. You know, it is definitely a the middle movie in a trilogy. Yeah, it's an important chapter, but yeah, it, it could not stand on its own. Yeah, which is why it's my favorite of the trilogy, but A New Hope is my favorite movie on its own. Yeah. So then after all that that Ewok garbage, they get those shields down. So we get we get our our little our Star War in the end. I guess it's going concurrently. But I mean, even though it's been accused of being just another trench run, like, I thought it was pretty fucking cool. The special effects were great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Going through the Death Star and blowing the main core up and then barely getting out. And, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, and, and then we got that, we, that, that final battle that we were talking about earlier. And, oh, hey, Luke doesn't go to the dark side. Yay! That was a shock. 
Um, we get our oh shit oh <laughs> ooh. oh no gross i feel ew no um so what do you think of vader getting redemption i th- i think it's great I, I think i mean that's luke went through his full arc and was able to redeem his his father and didn't have to kill him like he didn't want to and was able to illustrate that the dark side is not necessarily a one-way path that once you go down you know it's it's like a dogmatic truth that you're a lost cause. And uh, I think that was important for the story. And I, I think you kind of, that's what one of the, one of the things other than, you know, saving the universe like twice that made him the hero he was, was because he was able to go in and, and have hope that the, that there was still a good man underneath all that uh, plastic. Yeah. And you know, the fact that it's his father too, like it, it it's very touching for some reason, like I've, I mean, I, I get it that that is the, that's where the story needed to go. That was the right place to take the story. But for some reason, last night when I watched that redemption scene, I just thought about like the younglings and all the fucking people that, you know, through other stories, you, you know that he's killed. And it's like, man, I don't know if that guy deserves redemption. Wow. Yeah. Is she, uh, yeah. Is he actually redeemed? I mean, I guess his force ghost is there. So maybe like, I don't know if yeah. he needed, I don't know if he should have had a force ghost at all, but I think, uh, you know, having his final action be something redemptive is good. Yes. Yeah. You know, whether or not he deserves a force ghost, especially since I don't think he knew that technique because he seemed really surprised when Obi-Wan just disappeared. Yeah. Well, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see in the new one, if Kylo Ren gets gets redemption redemption thing i i'm gonna be bummed if he does but i will not be shocked if he does yeah yeah, i think i'm in the same camp like he he ended this movie like more bad than he was before so like let's 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 push that yeah like there but then again i guess vader didn't have any questioning until yeah i don't know because he he was, it seemed like he was going to kill Luke at the end of Empire. So I I guess you know he didn't really have any second thoughts until until Jedi. Maybe he just wanted to be the one to kill Luke. Yeah, he's like, if anyone's going to kill my no! son, it's going to be me. <laughs> so hooray, they win. We get our we get our yub nub song. Ugh, I had to go back to the damn Ewoks. Yeah, but I and I love that tune. I I hated how they took that that ending tune out of the special editions also yeah and then added like a bunch of people celebrating all over the place yeah the entire universe got word that the emperor was dead which i guess they could but yes but i I I still don't know if the empire would be keen on them you know if vladimir putin died and i don't you know you went to do like parades in the streets of russia i got a feeling the security (laughs) forces would still uh put a kibosh on that yeah but i don't know now, Ben, something we haven't touched on yet uh, when going through the movies here, and I, I, I think it deserves to be spoken of, is a topic that comes up every single time I do a, uh, a comic convention or a show when my name being what it is, somebody always comes up to me and says, hey, I love your music in Star Wars. So that's, that's uh, the possibly, the arguably the greatest composer ever. I think there could be an argument made for it. John Williams himself. Yeah, I don't know about greatest ever, but uh, he did a damn fine job, that's for sure. At least, uh, like, who would be on the Mount Rushmore of composers? Like, f- film score composers? Yes. Are we limit- limiting to that? So we're taking, like... Uh, yeah, no Mozart, no no, yeah. no Beethoven. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I am, I've always been a big fan of Danny Elfman. Yes. I think he does a great job. Yep. Uh, George Gershwin is probably up there. What's he done? Um, I, well, he did, I guess he's more contemporary. I don't know if he really did many film scores actually now that I think about it. So yeah. he did a lot of like Broadway. Yeah. See, I, I, I think of it as if nothing else, like the people who have that volume of well-known and well-loved film scores like it, john williams has to be up there danny elfman for sure and they're very different and then you have like your james horners and jerry goldsmiths whose names just pop up everywhere but you know i can't specifically nail them down to uh to flicks then han zimmer is uh is a big one especially these days i've heard that name couldn't tell you anything about him but yeah the problem is i i don't really pay that much attention to yeah. the film score like the, a really good film score a lot of the times uh, you don't notice it because it just it makes you feel things and you're enjoying the movie and you're engrossed in it. I very rarely see a movie and go, you know what? I need to look up that soundtrack. Yeah. Um, unless it was like a bunch of, uh, you know, normal pop songs or something that it was like, man, that was a bitchin' soundtrack. I should get that. Yeah. Like the Batman 89 Prince soundtrack. Yeah. I just listened to that the other day. Exactly. It's awful, but I love it. I had the cassette when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's kind of like a, like that Space God's uh words of wisdom to bender in futurama when he's like if you're doing your job right nobody knows that you did a thing so yeah john williams score for this you know all of these these movies start with you know the long time ago galaxy far far away and then that yeah it is instantly recognizable like i always tell people like well what about superman indiana jones come on but um you know the main march the uh the vader theme Princess Leia's theme is such a huge one for me. Yeah, it's it's nice and like slow and and not as ominous. I I've I've always loved the Imperial March. Yeah, that is. Uh, I think that's my top Star Wars song. It's so imposing. Yeah, it is. It's like man, yeah, these guys are gonna fuck you up. And like you know, and then the juxtaposition with like Leia's theme when it does that, like da, 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 you know, like it's so it's it's so soft. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, like it fits, and then the my my favorite theme of all time from these movies, at least, is the Luke Skywalker one. Like going back to when you know that that iconic shot when he's looking at the the double sunset, and the dun, 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 dun. Yeah. like I remember when I was watching the uh, the trailer for Episode Seven before it came out, and then they had a little bit of that, and like. I mean, this is awful. I must have been really tired because that's when this usually happens. But like my eyes welled up a little bit. Like I was just like, oh, that's so gorgeous. Like this is fucking Star Wars. I have a really hard time going through the Superman theme in my head without it turning into Star Wars music. That <laughs> is so true. freaking hard. Yeah. the Like the, the Indiana Jones theme, it, you know, ha- has its own place. And like a lot of his other tunes that he did, like Home Alone, you know, that that's iconic for its own reasons. But oh, I yeah. didn't even know he did Home Alone. Yeah. Awesome. Actually, I just learned that from watching uh, the movies that made us on Netflix. Yeah, it's pretty fucking good. It's uh, it's very much like the toys that made us. That's another notch in his belt there. Yep. Oh, geez. And like almost every other Spielberg movie. Like he's done all but like two of them. Oh. Or some well, shit yeah. like that. Well, watch your back, Danny Elfman. No, geez, yeah, like he he is to Spielberg what what Elfman is to uh, to Tim Burton for oh, sure. If only John Williams had started a rock band. Curious what that would sound like. <laughs> oh, weird, yeah. Because I like Oingo Boingo. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'd like to see John Williams as the front man of a 
<laughs> some sort of band that yeah what would that be like like a, it would be more like a power rock band or something like like a journey or some shit yeah yeah or like a prog rock band oh yeah yeah like yes or something <laughs> oh yeah yeah very technical oh i do love me some yes well one theme that i that i want to give a special little call out to because th- this will lead into my favorite use in pop culture is the uh the hoth battle scene because when we were watching empire last night it spoke to me in a way that you know i I didn't i didn't expect because you know again empire not my favorite so i don't i don't have as much emotional attachment to that but what it did was it reminded me of here here it is the shadows of the empire video game for nintendo 64 oh yeah yeah, you play as a character named Dash Rendar, who's uh he's a little bit of the 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 roguish type, but he I think he's he's more of like a I'm gonna go into battle and take care of things. I mean, it's been a long time since I played the game, but that's what I remember. You know, he is a bit more of the hero for for the Rebel Alliance. As is true with most video games. If yeah. You, if you're not playing <laughs> as the hero, yeah. Yeah. Imagine like like a like a more open world type thing where you're like Han Solo and you're like, eh, maybe I won't go help the the Alliance. <laughs> but this uh this game takes place between episodes five and six and it opens on from what i remember i believe the first the very first mission takes place on hoth with the battle there having just happened i believe because i know you're you're running through the hoth base and you see the uh the millennium falcon take off yeah. um but in there there's there's fucking like wampas like it's the, it's the first time where where you're actually like fighting wampas from what I remember. I mean, maybe you probably did it in the Super Nintendo one, but I'd never experienced something like that. And those things are just giant and lumbering, and like you just turn a corner and there's a wampa there, and it's just like lumbering towards you. It's it's like Jason from Friday the Thirteenth, and you just have to blast it a bunch. It's fucking scary. Yeah, and Shadows of the Empire was uh, it was it was 3D, right? Yes. Yeah, because yeah. I remember that you definitely fought wampas in the Super Nintendo one too. Yeah. Uh, the more platformy 2D one. Yeah, and I loved those games. Yeah. They were super difficult, but they were a lot of fun. Yeah, it was like a like a, a third person game and yeah. uh there were like there were levels where you have a jetpack and you have to go like platform to platform and shit and like you uh you fight IG88 in one of oh, them man. in like a in a big ass junkyard. Yeah, like it it was really cool immersing yourself in the Star Wars world but outside of just like you are Luke Skywalker, do what he did in the movies. And um, I I would love to go back and play that again. I just I don't have a Nintendo sixty four. Star Wars had a bunch of good video games, which is which is kind of funny because it came out like pre real video games, but like it was definitely alive in video game form throughout the eighties and nineties. I don't know if there's ever been a few years where there wasn't some sort of Star Wars game coming out. And, yeah, and it was really big on PC back in the oh, day. Oh yeah, I used to play X Wing and Y Wing. Yeah, and wasn't there like a Those like games a were cool, a cool space battle flight simulators? Those things were rad. I feel like I like I also played a Tie Fighter game. Yeah, over yep. at Preston's place. Yep, The Force Unleashed. I don't remember when that came out. Maybe mid nineties. But like that, I remember that one the first time feeling like a badass Jedi. You could force push people and throw your lightsaber and it like spin around and cut people in half and come back to you and. Uh, do all kinds of cool force stuff. I think you even got force lightning at some point. Was that the one where you could, like the first one where you could choose to be good or bad? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I remember watching some people play that, but I but I never actually got into it. I, yeah, I had it on PC and it was, uh, it was super fun because you felt powerful. Yeah, you actually got to explore the avenues of the force that the movies hadn't really done. 
and even some of them that they had, like a, a lot of the, you know, the ones where you like your Luke and like on Super Nintendo, like eh, there's not a whole lot of force usage because it's a 2D platform. Yeah, you can't you, do a do. can't do a mind trick. Yeah, but I remember there being a super jump. Yep. Yeah, and I think you could move stuff occasionally too, like pull it towards you. Yeah, if I recall correctly, like for puzzles and stuff. But it was it was pretty limited. Like you didn't feel powerful doing it. You just felt like you were solving the puzzle with the required power. Yeah, it was Mario Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. And supposedly that new one that just came out is really good. That's what I've heard. What's it called? I don't know, but EA put out a game with no microtransactions. That's just a straight single player. Boy, they're they're lucky. Campaign. They're lucky they learned their lesson after what was that Battlefront two? Yeah, like people flipped the fuck out. Like that's probably the most united Star Wars fandom has been since like eighty three. Well, it, yeah, it's a, it's a fervent fandom, and you know, don't go shilling in our fandom. You know, don't <laughs> yeah. come in here and uh, and disrespect this shit because we will rebuke you. Yeah, it's one thing to start putting out like two Star Wars movies a year, but. Like, holy shit, like that, that was, that was ballsy. You know, like that would be like Disneyland saying like, we don't get enough money from you visiting the parks. Like give us money to, uh, look at our website to plan your vacation. Like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. Or like you're in line for star tours and you know, you have to wear blinders and like, give us 99 cents and we'll let you see what C3PO is <laughs> doing over there. Totally. Eat shit. <laughs> Do you have a, a favorite use in pop culture? Um, so I decided to go a slightly different direction. Uh, I guess I'm really negative here on this thing. I really love. Oh like shit. I went on my bottom five list. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to sound like I'm complaining about this thing that like, I really, really have a lot of reverence for, but I decided to do my least favorite use in pop culture. Oh shit. Cause there's so much out there and, uh, and, and we're in this first, you know, we're in the episode doing the original trilogy here and there's one just steaming turd. That uh, I, I I can't let go unmentioned. Oh boy! Yeah, you know what this is. <laughs> uh, of course, I'm talking about the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, the infamous. So it came out in 1978. It was a it was an hour and a half long. I assume it took up two hours of TV time because there was commercials. Yeah, television special on CBS that uh, is such an infamous pile of crap. Yeah. I think I think George Lucas had like all the original stuff destroyed, but you know it's out there. There's, yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. You could find it on YouTube. Yeah, it's it's like the the Fantastic Four movie that got shelved. Like it became like bootleg gold. Yeah, and if you and if you have not seen this, go go watch it. Go torture yourself. Yes, you won't make it all the way through. I I dare you to watch the entire thing. It's so bad. Yeah, I tried to get John to watch it before we did this, and uh, he walked out, and I, I gave up after like thirty minutes. Yeah, I I remember when we watched it when we were young, probably like preteens or I don't know, somebody got it on VHS. And like even at that age, I was I was just like what the what is going on here? Like why why is this happening? Why are we watching Wookiees farting around speaking in their own language with no subtitles for 20 minutes? Like <laughs> So so I guess to give some background to folks yeah. that aren't familiar with it. Basically, George Lucas had a terrible idea. Like someone had approached him and said, hey, we should do like a, a TV special for Star Wars because it's, you know, it's, it, this was right after Star Wars came out and it was big. It was hitting it and uh, they wanted to capitalize on that. And so someone came to him and said, hey, we should make a show. And he's like, yeah, you know what? I'd really like to make a show that's centered around a Wookiee family. <laughs> and they were like, OK, yeah, yeah, let's do this. And so he farmed it out. He was I guess he was moving his studio at that point. And they were getting ready to start uh, shooting on Empire. 
So he just comes like, yeah, 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 you guys do it. I want a holiday special about a Wookiee family and gave it to him and just let them run with it. Understandably, some of the producers were a little unsure how you make a special about a family of creatures that does not that speaks a fantasy language with no subtitles. Yeah. And uh, it's just a heaping pile of crap. Like uh, the first like 10 minutes, it's just Wookiees in a house doing stuff and making noises at each other. It's like all pantomime. Yeah. And so we, we've got we've got Chewie's wife, whose name is Mala. And then we've got we've got grandpa and, and the kid. And uh, what, what are their names there? They're they're classic uh, Wookiee names. Very canon Wookiee names. You've got Grandpa Itchy <laughs> and you've got his son Lumpy. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? I'm, I'm hoping it's Lumpbaka. Yeah. And maybe Itchbaka? I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, we were talking about the uh, the characters being fleshed out. I bet those full names exist somewhere. Oh, there are. Well, and George Lucas apparently, like when he before he gave it to me, he gave them a what he called a Wookiee Bible that had all the lore on Wookiee. Like this is the kind of things Wookiees do. This is where they live. This is how they act. And that was kind of they had to like abide by that. They watch little hollow tabletop hollow circus performers that turn into full size inexplicably. Uh, Wookiee entertainment is garbage. Yeah, I have no interest in Wookiee entertainment. You got perverted old uh, old Grandpa Itchy. Oh man, yeah, he gets like like a. Uh, some like fantasy disc or something for his little VR machine. And uh, this, it was just, just weird. Yeah. I don't know who that lady was. I'm assuming some pop star from 1978. Yeah. I can't remember her, her name, but yeah, it was, it was recognizable. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but she's just like, you know, I'm your fantasy. Yeah. You think I'm cute. I think you're adorable. adorable. <laughs> and, and he like replays it like five times. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> it, it, it's like, he's sitting there getting off to it. It's so oh, bizarre. Yeah, they keep cutting to his face and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what the, why the whole time? Oh man. But I mean, it, it, it centers around Wookiee life day, which is, uh, you know, essentially Wookiee Christmas or Thanksgiving. It came out right before Thanksgiving. So who knows? It's, yeah. you know, holiday yeah it, it seems like like a like a thanksgiving family holiday yeah and and you know with chewy trying to get back to his family but there's an imperial blockade and uh somehow they got harvey corman to get in on it and be arthur yeah so they, they got some like art carney yeah art carney was there they got some decent talent and then just you know wrote them into this pile of shit yeah and they and you know to their credit or I mean, and their eventual detriment, they did get Harrison Ford and Peter Mayhew and uh, fucking Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, they got the cast in there, and they they got some of the same props, but like that you could tell the like the the cabin of the Millennium Falcon they used was definitely not the one they used from the movie. Yeah, like it had the same basic design, but yeah, you called that out. I I may not have noticed because I just wasn't paying enough attention. But but once you once you said it, like you can see it. Oh yeah, and it's just it's it's just so bad. It's like a variety show with uh you know every variety of garbage you can imagine. Yeah. Like Mala <laughs> watches watches a cooking show that goes on entirely too long. Like why are we watching like 8 minutes of a of a cooking show? Yeah. Oh, At least boy. 8 minutes. It might have been even longer than that. I like fast forwarded through part of it. Mm, that Bantha tenderloin though. Mm, that sounds good. Mhm. Yeah, I think the when I was kind of looking through the stuff on it, um, supposedly George Lucas hated it, which doesn't surprise me. But also, supposedly he was sent the dailies and approved them. My guess is he wasn't watching them. Yeah, he had a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, he was already uh, from from all accounts, he had a really tough time with uh, with the first Star Wars. Like 
just stress and anxiety and dealing with everything. So he probably just didn't want to deal with it at all. And he's like, yes, go do it. I've got my bag of money. As long as it's about a Wookiee family, I don't give a <laughs> <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> uh, like, I think the, the best uh, review of it that, uh, that I read when I was kind of like looking through was uh, from Nathan Rabin of the AV Club. Mm-hmm. And he was quoted as saying, I'm not convinced this special wasn't ultimately written by a sentient bag of cocaine. <laughs> That's exactly what it feels like watching. It really thing. does. Like, what is going on? You know, and to its credit, like it's it's got uh, it's got an animated segment in there that we didn't watch. We, you know, if we were going to watch any of it, we probably should have watched it was that. too far in. Yeah. I, I just couldn't make it that far. But that was the first appearance of Boba Fett. Yeah. It was. And I don't I don't remember what he does, but I know he rides a dinosaur. Yeah, he rides a dinosaur around. I remember him shooting at some stuff. And I, yeah, it probably wasn't great either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't gone back and watched that uh, that droids cartoon that that uh, that exists somewhere. What year is that from? I don't know. Maybe early 80s. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh, no, I don't think I've seen that either. Shit. I wonder if I'm just making it up. I know there was a comic book, too. So, oh, whoa. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if it actually exists. I hope it doesn't. I think it does. Oh, <laughs> fuck. I remember when we were younger and watched it, I vowed to never watch it again. Oh, it, like it was bad when you were a kid even. Yeah, when when we watched it when we were young. Yeah, I I fucking hated it. It made me angry. So I looked it up. Star Wars Droids was a cartoon. Hooray! The Adventures of R two D two and C three PO. Yeah, like I, I. No, thank you. <laughs> I wonder if it actually had Anthony Daniels' voice. It was nineteen eighty five. Um, yeah, it did. Oh, cool. I mean, wait, no, that's not cool. That's awful. Yeah, it had thirteen episodes. Man, I imagine it's similar to like that. Uh, those Ewok spinoff movies, like Battle for Endor and whatever the other one was. Maybe it was just called Ewoks. I remember watching one of those when I was a kid. Yeah, I remember. I remember them too. I don't. I don't remember them fondly. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember them well enough for them to be considered okay. Oh, I guess it, it was broadcast at the same time as Ewoks. Oh shit! It was part of the Ewoks and Droids Adventure Hour on ABC. Oh boy, and they probably should have just uh, just left it at Jedi. Waited until ninety nine. Like, hey, you know what we should do? We should take the most irritating characters we have and make spin-off cartoons. No kidding. Yeah, they they really analyzed the elements of these movies and found the worst <laughs> and and did it up. Like I remember when we were when we were watching Jedi and they go down and they're like, you know, starting to sneak around as soon as they get on Endor and I'm like, "Why in God's name would you bring C3PO on a covert mission?" Yeah, no kidding. Like maybe R2 cuz he could break in, you know, he could hack the lock or something and he can shut up when he needs to yeah but c-3po no way i would ever even imagine bringing him on an away mission (laughs) he's not gonna do any good oh well then again with interpretation but isn't there a way to just tell c-3po to shut the fuck up don't they have like a handheld translator like if it fits in c-3po they could just carry that shit around in their pocket yeah that's true like i can i I can do that now oh no shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we don't have spaceships yeah, exactly so i think they i think they could have figured out a way to leave him behind yeah one, one time like you know centuries earlier in their timeline somebody came up with the idea of translator droids and nobody ever even thought of it they're like okay this is good enough yeah we're done yeah star wars tech is kind of like that though sometimes so it's uh it doesn't seem to progress particularly quickly yeah like they got to, you know they got to light speed and they're like all right i guess we're good yeah this is all we need yeah, we got light speed. We got no underpants. It's it's as good as it's going to get. Yeah, they still haven't invented underpants. <laughs> no, they just moved past it. 
Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, sure, I got some skid marks on my robes. <laughs> well, it can't be avoided. That's why the Jedi wear brown. <laughs> uh, Gross. <laughs> so, Ben, a little little what if here. And th- this may be this may be catching you off guard because it may be a little little big, but with no preparation. If you could be any character in the original trilogy universe, who would you be and why? Like, I don't know if this is a what's your favorite character, if it's a their adventure was cool or I would I would like to live the life this character lives or. Hmm, that's a good one, because, you know, it would be cool to be Luke Skywalker. But at the same time, you're getting into a lot of shit. You're getting into a lot of dangerous situations. Darth Vader would be pretty rad. Yeah. Like, you'd have to be evil, but uh, he seems like he's got it pretty good. He's got, like, his own egg that he can go and hang out in. Yeah, what the fuck is that thing? I have no idea what he's doing in there. Like, I thought maybe it was, like, a regeneration chamber, you know, because he's all fucked up. Yeah. Except it has the one scene where he's, like, it's open already, and his and his helmet goes on afterwards or comes off, maybe? No, it goes on. Yeah, yeah. But it's already it open. It so it's on. like, you imagine you'd put it on with the egg closed. And then, and then you know, like, it, so he's sitting there with his helmet off. It open, helmet comes down, he turns around, talks to the guy, and then it closes. Yeah. So he's in there, like, with his helmet on and everything. Like, what the... Gets stinky in there. What does this thing actually do? I'm not I'm not sure. But you got one. You've got your own little private thing. Yeah. I feel like in the comic books, I've seen him go into, like, a regeneration tank. Yeah. Like, similar to he's what Luke was in. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, and he's got, he's got some badass force powers, which is cool. Yeah. He's yeah. definitely got a grip on it. Yeah. He's, Ooh. <laughs> no, oh, no. Fuck, with that in shocking. Like, one, man. No. Jeez, I, John. No, I, I, I consider myself, <laughs> all arrogance aside, I consider myself above the easy pun. It's just, it's happening naturally, and I don't like it. I don't like the direction my life is going in right now. I like a good pun. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Darth Vader, like, I'd say Darth Vader, other than the fact that um, he's evil and fated to die. Which is not necessarily great. <laughs> yeah, that's the tough thing because I I think about like you know one of my favorite characters in the in the entire universe is Obi Wan. I don't know if I'd want to be old ass Obi Wan from Episode Four, but yeah, like he's definitely going to die very soon. So that 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 sucks. But universe in general, Obi Wan's a pretty slick one. He came off as rather manipulative and. Uh irresponsible yeah <laughs> like the like first thing like when he hands Luke, he's like here look here's this lightsaber he doesn't even tell him anything about it like that's how you lose an arm yeah don't open it in the direction of anybody <laughs> like what if he was holding it backwards and just blank, went right through his gut <laughs> he's never seen that he doesn't know what it does yeah or like Chewie's standing to the to the left of him yeah oh whoops just a bad idea man yeah i'm i'm personally super stoked that that obi-wan series is happening on Disney Plus. Like when they were talking about like for a long time they there was the rumored Obi-Wan solo movie or I mean standalone movie and 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 once Solo tanked they're like okay Obi-Wan's shelved but then you know they announced that it was going to be a Disney Plus series and Ewan McGregor's been around saying like like he he's gone to talk shows and stuff talking about like how he hated that he had to lie for the last like 4 years because it's been in the works for that long. You know, that he, he could never say anything about any development on it at all, which understandably, but I'm so glad that it's actually happening. I want to see what goes on with Obi-Wan between the prequel trilogy and episode four. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, how did he become a space hermit? Yeah. I mean, you know, the Jedi were kind of hunted to the ends of the earth. So, you know, hermitude was a reasonable reaction, I guess. Yeah. Yoda did the same thing. But from from what it sounds like, 
it's not just going to be, you know, it's not going to take place on Tatooine. Like he's actually going to have an adventure. And I hope he meets up with Darth Vader. Oh man, I hope there's some really good trade negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully with the Empire taking over, there's not much negotiations anymore. <laughs> Vader says, I want this. And they go, what? And he's all, <laughs> and uh, he gets his way. I can tell you who I wouldn't want to be. An admiral on Darth Vader's ship. Yeah, any of them. Yeah, he goes through those fuckers like tissues. Anyone that has to talk to Darth Vader. <laughs> like, I think I'll just stay Ensign. It's yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, there, there's one line in, uh, I can't remember if it was Empire or Jedi, but I, it might have been, yeah, it had to have been Jedi because Luke was trying to convince Darth Vader, you know, that there's good inside of him. And I, I, I didn't come up with this myself. I heard this on a, uh, on a different uh, talk show, on a YouTube talk show. But uh, Vader has this line where he says, Obi-Wan once thought as you did. Yeah. And for that, like the way they interpreted it, and I really dig this, so I hope this is the case. They interpreted it as, you know, like when Obi-Wan left uh, Anakin all fucked up on uh, Mustafar, he didn't think that there was any salvation for him. So hopefully that would, that would, uh, that would point to them having another encounter, you know, between the two. Like he actually has to meet Vader. At some point. I don't see how they could do an Obi-Wan series and not have him meet Vader. Yeah. That would be shocking to me. In fact, how in the world would Obi-Wan in episode four know that Darth Vader is Anakin unless they they met up at some point? I don't know. Space TMZ. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think that's solid. This whole episode, we've kind of encapsulated fandom, you know, whereas we're, we're praising things, talking shit about other things like, you know, but we we are we are very much star wars fandom where it's like i love this but this pisses me off well you're, yeah you're not a real fan unless you have something to complain about if all you say is good things about something yeah you're, you're just drinking george lucas's kool-aid yeah exactly you're not <laughs> you're not a you're not a proper fan you gotta get emotional and upset about something yeah we're passionate you don't want to only do that <laughs> that's that's not great fandom either but there's got to be something uh, burning inside you yeah so i think it's appropriate that one of us chose vader and the other one chose obi-wan yeah. Or did I choose Obi-Wan? I guess I'm, I, I guess I'm, I kind of have to. I'm going to kill you right after this podcast. <laughs> yeah, if you strike me down, <laughs> I shall become more powerful than... <laughs> ah, shit, I don't know the quote. Whatever. Come at me, nerds. Okay, does that take us to uh, wrap-up time? I think it does. You, wanna, you, got, a, you got one word to uh, sum up your feelings for this, uh, this space adventure? I think I'm just going to go with something uh, kind of simple and, and say epic. Yeah. Because it really is. Like the... You know, everything's epic. It's got this giant battle between, you know, uh, an imposing imperial force and a bunch of uh, ragtag rebels. And it's in this world that's just teeming with lore and life. Mm -hmm. As I said before, it's my favorite thing about Star Wars is the lore, is the world that George Lucas built and how fun it is to play around in it. There's a tabletop RPG. There's a few of them for, you know, like a D&D style RPG for Mm -hmm. Star Wars. And I've been wanting to play it for a long time, and I've never gotten around to do it. But it's it's on my docket because it just seems like such a fun sandbox to let people loose in. Yeah, especially yeah, if they'll they'll have elements that you are familiar with, but you get to explore it in a way that you won't get because they can't just make you know eighty seven movies about about you know the different aspects of of Star Wars you know, outside of the the big popular. Yeah, exactly, and so. I, the original trilogy really kind of, you know, it's the original trilogy. It's it is core Star Wars in my mind. Yeah, 
it is the center around which everything else is built. Yeah. And it, it you know, it's like the, uh, the holy book of, of the star Wars religion. And, uh, unless you're King James, you wouldn't go, you shouldn't go jerking around. And frankly, King James probably shouldn't have gone jerking around with the Bible either. So, uh, <laughs> quit screwing with it. You guys <laughs> just let us enjoy the damn movie. So, uh, yeah, it is, yeah, it is the, the, the Torah of my, my star Wars fandom. Yeah. And, uh, I like it. <laughs> it's good. I like it. <laughs> it's funny when, when you're, when you are gushing about something and you, lo- you love something, it almost always ends with, uh, it's good. I like it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really it's the, accurate. <laughs> that is the point of everything I'm saying. <laughs> that, that is the, that is the reason that I care about it. It's because I like it. And all the other shit is just me thinking about why do I like this? Yeah. Oh, man. So what about you? It's a single word for Star Wars. I'm torn between two, but they are essentially the same thing. I was going to go the same as you with a with a very simple word for it. Um, yeah, I've decided in my head. Thanks for the help, everybody. I am going with fantastic. Yeah. And it's because in two ways. One is... You know, it's fantastic. It's great. I like it. But it's also such a such an epic fantasy. Yeah, it is fantastical. That was the other word that I was trying to decide between. Before I was a Star Wars fan, I remember reading, uh, a, a, not a review, but just a little commentary on it by Jim McLaughlin in Wizard Magazine. Remember that thing? Oh, yeah. And he, he was talking shit about the Star Wars story and about how it's not a new concept it's you know the the farm boy hero on an epic quest and yeah, to save a kidnapped princess i mean it's straight yeah. fairy tale fantasy yeah the super evil bad guy with his face uh covered and you know as i got older i i started to you know started hearing things about like joseph campbell's hero's journey and stuff and then you hear that george lucas was inspired by that you know that it it was intentionally that so I let go of of all that shit talk about how like it's not an original story, blah, it's just set in space. And I learned to appreciate the the fact that it is that. Like it is a timeless tale and, you know, sure, it's set in space, so it's it's a new take on a classic story, but it it is timeless and epic for that reason. You know, it is a a quintessential fantasy story. Well, and I think it kind of had to be because it's set in a world where things are so unrecognizable. You know, it's got space travel and faster than light and aliens and, you know, Wookiees that are, they understand. I'm sure this guy, he's talking to a droid. It just said beep, bop, boop, bop. Yeah. What's weird is some people understand things and other people don't like, like Luke understands what R2 is saying sometimes like weird. Well, yeah, he's spent some time with, you know, it's like you pick up some Spanish after a while, you know, (laughs) but because it was, you know, the space opera was not really a popular thing in 1978. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're going to do something that fantastic and out there with the world, you need to ground the story in something that people are going to relate to and something comfortable and something familiar. Yeah. And that's why it worked. And and the, like I said, the reason I love Star Wars isn't because it had a unique narrative. It had, you know, a straight off the shelf narrative. Yeah. With great characters a great setting and great visuals. If if you try and do all of those things, do all that and have a very unique narrative style, it's going to be hard. Like you may, you know, you might be able to do it if you're really good and you're still only going to probably hit a, a niche audience. You know, I spent most of my life not being a true fan of Star Wars 
And I am so glad that I decided to sit down with the original ones and really get into it because, you know, it, it made my connection to the new movies coming out so much stronger. And like, I'm, I am so pumped for episode nine. I am fucking like exploding with excitement for it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm uh lukewarm and cautiously optimistic. Yeah. So. Again, there we are. We we are Star Wars fandom right there. Yeah, yeah, right. absolutely. Uh, like you kind of came to it late, uh, later than I did, I think. Yeah, and um, so I don't think uh, like the the remakes and then the prequels, you know, they they broke my heart a little bit. Whereas maybe they you didn't feel that quite as deeply. So yeah, like my as- my kids don't you know don't give a shit. Like they don't have any sort of preconceptions on any of this you know so they see the new movies and they're like yeah these are amazing yeah look, look at that that looked cool they don't come into them with any baggage well yeah and that that's that's something that'll be interesting to talk about in our next episode about how like for a generation of people the prequels are their star wars yep and i think that's what created last jedi like it felt much more like a like a, a prequel than than a original yeah definitely thank you for journeying to a uh, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away with us today. If you want to let us know how we did, you can hit us up on social medias. We've got a uh, Facebook page, Geek Exploration the Podcast, Instagram, Geek Exploration Podcast, and Twitter at Geek Explore Pod. Um, you can also email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, please go over to Podchaser or iTunes and give us a five yub nub review. We still do have some swag available at shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. And, and our theme song is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Until next time, the Force will be with you always. 